0: In the state of swift <laughs> um this is episode two where we're going to talk about you gotta
1: say who you are man
0: oh yeah <laughs> um i'm gwen hello i'm i'm sixteen and i love taylor swift
2: now say who we are oh yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm here with my co-hosts dylan and trevor hello dylan and trevor
2: sup gwen <laughs> how's it going It's going great. Welcome to State of Swift.
1: This is the podcast. where State of Swift. Uh, (laughs) Can I do... Before we get into the show for reals, can Mm -hmm. I just do a little bit of State of State of Swift?
0: Of course. Go ahead.
1: Because (laughs) I I haven't really talked to you guys, but I've been blown away by the reception, the reaction, the the tweets. Hell
0: yeah,
3: man.
1: It's been so great, right? So good. So good. And you know what's amazing? Like, there's almost nothing more entertaining than than like reading Swifties talking about me like that's the best (laughs) yeah that was
2: very interesting
1: the second best is all of the non-Swifty listeners who are responding because they they have a way into this too through me and Trevor yeah so cool and like maybe maybe usually this is more like end of the podcast type business but I thought we should like we should really turn our 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 modest listener base into a true street team, and like motivate them to really get the word out. So,
3: yeah,
1: uh, I want to tell you guys, if you're listening now, you can now subscribe to this show on like on like iTunes and Spotify, and then a bunch of other crazy stuff like 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 Stitcher and tune in and overcast. Like, seriously...
0: It's so wild.
1: Give a thorough look over to, like, the vending machine at your school because there's a chance that State of Swift is (laughs) on it now. We're everywhere. (laughs)
0: Like, if you search... Taylor Swift on Spotify and you scroll down to the podcast for like the second result oh
1: what us there you are that's your impact (laughs) my mind so definitely wherever you listen to us like figure out if there's a way to give us a review do that for sure yeah in fact if there's like you can type in how many stars or give a review always choose review even if it's just one word even if it's just good or your favorite emoji it still like helps the algorithms exposure so that so that uh, iTunes thinks that we're notable and, you know, <laughs> puts us out. Or just wherever. Anyway, also, uh, you guys rule. Keep listening. Also, follow us on Twitter, State of Swift Pod. and yes. Et cetera, et cetera. That's all. I just wanted to do a little housekeeping up top because I'm excited. That's all. Yay! Me too. Join the State of Swift.
0: State of Swift. Should we also
1: maybe touch on, like, a little bit of Taylor news? Because there's been some Taylor news.
0: Oh, yeah. So taylor is being cast in cats cats i'm oh, because
1: he cat. and i does
2: that sense and i does that sense i forgot we got to talk I, about this
0: yeah we it's better so, talk it's about so it. like it's like funny to me i mean i'm super excited i love cats it, it, and I, I was actually kind of surprised of the general like reception of cats like in general like on twitter everyone was like making fun of cats and i I had no idea people didn't like cats like
2: i think everything i know about cats makes it sound like one of the worst things of all time (laughs) yeah
0: i i i loved it so much i had it on dvd and i would force all my friends that i would have sleepovers with to watch it with me and none of them liked it and i did i just i was always so shocked i'm
1: not surprised that sounds horrible I've seen cats. I have seen cats, you guys. Me too. I don't like cats.
0: Oh my gosh, this is so sad.
1: And here's the thing. I feel like a 2019 big screen adaptation of Cats with like famous actors and pop stars in it Has the potential to be like a crippling flop. I think there's a a possibility that this movie goes up in flames. (laughs) And I and I don't wish it on anybody involved. Certainly, certainly not our dear Taylor.
2: Do you think Taylor's going to actually act in it, or is it going to be CGI and she's going to be doing some voiceover work a la the Lorax?
0: I have no idea. I was trying to think of that because Cats itself is like I don't know I feel like part of the charm of it is that these these people dressed up as cats, you know? Yeah. But like I, if it was animated, it would just be just animated cats. Right.
1: Yeah, are they going to go like what if this movie is like a 500 million dollar movie with like full avatar motion capture and 3D? Oh my gosh. Like this, this could really be this could be a moment in history. Like
0: We'll just have to wait and see. I I really have no idea how they're going to do it, especially with I don't know. It's. I mean, did you guys know that Taylor was almost cast as uh, I think it was Eponine in Les Misérables? Like, she was super close.
1: In the movie, or yeah, the
0: movie. I could
1: see it.
2: Do you know what I want to see? Because I have a dream, like Taylor in a musical role, (laughs) and I think this would. I think this would be sick. Okay, (laughs) a a movie adaptation of Wicked, Mm -hmm. starring Taylor as Glinda the Good Witch, and Lord as like Alphaba. AKA
1: the Wicked Witch of the West.
0: That would be really cool.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: That would that, that would, would be like
0: really cool.
1: I could see that really motivating the two sides of the culture war, right?
0: <laughs> I would love that.
1: The only other Taylor news that I noticed was that there was some outcry about her being snubbed for the video music awards. Oh
0: my gosh, yeah. So everyone thought she was gonna get the Vanguard Award. I think that's how you say it. Um because the, if you apparently if you get that award you can't be nominated for any of the other like categories, so like we were all like okay cool you know you know it's okay that she didn't get nominated for like you know video of the year and stuff she's gonna get the vanguard one because that would be like way better and stuff but she didn't get nominated for anything and look what you made me do like broke the youtube record for 24 hour like viewing and it like got like made headlines everywhere it was like everyone was talking about it but you can't nominate it for anything and like if you look at the like the nominees some of them are like just total garbage or like or like i like no one's seen them
2: i guess that we could say in retrospect though that what we made her do was make a video that didn't get any awards.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> it's on us? Are you saying it's on
2: us?
0: It's it's still so iconic. When I saw that video for the first time, I was crying because I was so shook.
1: What a shock. <laughs> Gwen cried in a Taylor Swift thing. <laughs>
2: All right, let's talk about the drama thing. All
1: right, let's get into our real segment.
0: Yeah, another day, another drama. Come on, okay. people. You're killing me. Don't mess this up for me god I'm sorry go on so Taylor Nation you know our old buddy our old pal
1: yeah 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 friends
2: of the program Taylor Nation
0: <laughs> if you okay so if you are a notable Swifty or whatever Taylor Nation will send you a confidential message and say and 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 It'll say, like, hey, you know, we've noticed you're a great Swifty. Send us your, you know, address and your age and your, you know, all of this and your phone number. And then. All (laughs) right, pause. Pause. Uh huh.
2: What do I have to do to become, like, a a notable Swifty to this level? Literally,
0: no one knows. It's so weird. Like. Well, who are
2: some. Can can you give me, like, one or two examples of who have been chosen in the past? Like,
1: who's the most famous Swifty?
0: The most famous (laughs) Swifty. That's hard. I mean, there's. Uh, maybe like Liz Bissonette. She's really cool. She does like music and stuff, and like and oh, her also she's a twin. Uh, I can't remember the name of her twin. I'm sorry, Liz Bissonette's twin. But <laughs>
1: she does music. She's a twin. Taylor Nation's like we like it. We're into it. There's two of you. You're doing songs.
0: Oh, maybe Cassie. Uh, I don't know Cassie's username. Uh, maybe like Hannah. And then, like, um... Yeah, you don't know who these people are, and I can't think of their ads, so that's not very helpful, but, like... No,
1: but why? what, 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 what do they do that makes them so damn famous? Are they doing Taylor-related stuff?
0: Okay, so they, they just have, like, a ton of followers, and they just tweet about Taylor all the time I guess which I mean like I do that you know
1: they're just influencers
0: yeah and they're just they're pretty like pot like a lot of people like them and follow them I I guess I mean but there's also people who get invited to stuff who have like no followers it's just very it's kind of random I guess it's like whoever shows up on Taylor Nation's timeline or something I I don't know it's 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 hard but so
1: basically they're just imagine a person staring into camera with some fucking ukulele (laughs) music going like what's up YouTube today we're going to talk about the VMAs (laughs) like these, these are the people that taylor nation is like hey you're doing a good job here's a special what do they what do they send them
2: yeah so what do they got let's get back to it
0: okay so if you get this confidential message from taylor nation it's pretty much a guarantee that you're gonna get i mean well no but um but when you get that you automatically expect that you're going to get you're going to meet taylor that's what like because the way they word it and stuff is like Hmm. You know, we got. You know, because cause Taylor. Okay, so Taylor Swift now is like a thing that she's partnered with. Like I don't know, like Verizon. No, it's not Verizon. AT and T. And um and they have these Taylor Swift now events. And if you get invited to a Taylor Swift now event, you get to meet Taylor. And um, what's it? What
1: ha- What's a Taylor Swift now event? Is that separate from a concert? Yeah, it
0: is. It's 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 like you go to um. You go to like this location that they don't. It's not a public location. They have to like email you the location and, and make you sign like this non-disclosure agreements to make sure you don't tell oh, anyone about where it is. <laughs> once again, once again,
1: Gwen. <laughs> this is so ominous. And,
0: and if you get invited to this <laughs> stuff, you can't t- post about it. You can't tell anyone about it. You can only tell your your guard, your parental guardians, or else you'll get immediately uninvited. Oh dear. Um, okay. And and so okay. So these there's there's these people. Um, Yeah, who who get invited and stuff. But then sometimes um, they just never contact you again. They're like... All right, cool. Thanks for giving us your info. You're going to go to this event. You know, we'll DM you back with the details. And then they don't. They just ghost you. They just ghost you. And there's these, and the, and and there's other people who Okay, so there's this one girl, right? And she was invited to a Taylor Swift Now event, which is like guarantee 100% you're meeting Taylor if you go to a, if you get like directly invited from Taylor Nation to go to one of these events because Taylor's pretty much always there. Right. So, that she was like, "Oh my gosh, you know, I got invited to this thing." It was the it was literally like the night before Taylor Nation sent them an email and they were like, oops, sorry, we invited too many people and we're over capacity. Sorry, looks like you're uninvited, but we'll keep you on the list for future stuff. Would you like some merch? And it's, they do that like so much. It's terrible. I feel so bad for these people. It's like, I'd rather just never be invited at all in the first place. If you're, if Taylor Nation's gonna pull that on
2: me. Yeah, you can't just like rescind an invitation like that.
1: Well, you can if you're Taylor Nation, because you know, I gotta
0: tell you, it's consistent
1: with what we've seen so far. They're like an enthusiastic father with a cocaine problem who shows up bearing gifts once a year, maybe, and they're like, We love you. And you're like, My dad's the best. But every now and then you get to the you get to the end of your birthday party and you're like, Where's dad? And then your mom's like, Oh, well, you know, he's a he's a this is just like him. Yeah. That's that's what they are.
0: Yeah, and it's like Like, it's still, like, everybody always tweets about how much they just loathe Taylor Nation. But then the second they tweet, like, they're all in in their mentions, like, oh, we love you, Taylor Nation. Because they just want to get, like, like you know, like the DM that has your information. And apparently there's like some database with like every Swifties information when Taylor Nation collects it. It's like, it's really weird. But Gwen,
2: you're you're above that kind of scrounging for favor, right? I
0: just, I don't really, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, if I do like, I don't know, like a drawing or something, I'll I'll tag Taylor Nation in it. I know they won't see it, but I do it, you know, just more out of habit. (laughs) Right, but
1: I've seen your feed. It's not, it's not full of desperate. No, I don't
0: follow those kind of people. Like, like people that that just spam taylor nation with stuff it's like I, at the end of the day taylor nation doesn't really care about us as individuals it's like pretty much just people with jobs who are being told to you know like people who run the taylor nation account they're just following orders yeah they, they just
2: much like another group of people in street.
0: it's kind of sad you,
1: do you guys imagine that there's one sort of like Mid level clerk at Taylor Nation who really does care and is like trying to make it better. I hope. But everybody else at Taylor Nation is like, you are making too much noise, Jim. You get you better you better fall in line. He's like, but these fans, they love her.
2: I'm starting to really picture Teller Nation as like, Gwen, this reference will probably be lost on you and most of our listeners, but mm-hmm. like Dylan, have you ever played Final Fantasy Seven? Yeah. Do you remember Shinra? Like yeah. it was like this uh big energy company with like a board of like stereotypically evil businessmen, all of whom had like their own vice <laughs> kind of thing going right, on. Right, of course. And this is just how I'm starting to picture Taylor Nation as like a, a group of like old men in suits kind of exploiting a large mass of fan girls interested in this pop star.
1: Okay, here's here's the plan. Here's the plan. We only have 20 seats at the next Taylor event. Let's invite 50 people.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what they do. And it's like why did you do that in the first place? It's so stupid.
1: P- point of clarification though, Gwen. Uh so you you're not allowed to say that you've been invited to one of these events, right? You're allowed to talk about it after the fact, though, or never.
0: Yeah, after the fact. Yeah. Okay. And there's a whole thread. It's very long. I'll send it to you guys after or something. Where of, of of this person made a thread of just a bunch of people talking about Taylor Nation screwing them over. It's very long.
1: What is is it essentially? Is it essentially the the same experience as you would get in a rep in like a red room or or a uh, sometimes well tea party room or whatever yeah
0: like taylor well Taylor Swift now events um are they usually i mean some of them consist of little mini concerts like like one time taylor did a little acoustic set and stuff and then she met everyone who came afterwards or sometimes it's just um there was one where it was like kind of a pop-up shop and then taylor ran by and then like hugged everyone and then had to leave so it's kind of stuff like that uh, but another thing that I forgot to mention is that Taylor Nation. So you, you like you know the rule. You're not supposed to meet Taylor again. But they don't check that until after they invite you to things so there's been so many people that have been invited to stuff and then immediately they're like oops sorry we just checked him at Taylor You can't come anymore and it's like crushing oh the rule
1: applies to the Taylor now event. yeah
0: yeah well I mean some of them do. I mean like if you show up and then they don't check it's so inconsistent that's why everyone hates it so much so either people are either like just take away the rule or enforce it correctly this is so stupid or another time at a concert uh, this group of three they were going to meet Taylor and but one of them had met taylor before and taylor nation said sorry we're not gonna split you up because it would make us look bad but none of you now can meet taylor because one of you met taylor we're gonna go find another group and it was like you can't split them up like because it'll make you look bad like taylor nation you already look terrible like like what are you doing oh my gosh wow I you know what? You know what? I feel
1: like I feel like the rule shouldn't apply to Taylor Now events. And listen, hear me out, you guys. Hear me out here. <laughs> I feel I feel like they're not equivocal. I feel like when you I feel like when Taylor Nation picks you out of the crowd, that's a golden ticket. That's that's a that's a you're Charlie Bucket and you get to go to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. But 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 the but Taylor Now is like they're looking for influencers so that people can see this event after the fact and like that's a very... That's a totally different situation. I don't see why the rule would apply if it's like... Anyway, it's a little bit backwards. And I need it, I also need an update from you, Gwen. Mm-hmm. I need to know if Taylor Nation is still picking people who aren't wearing costumes or if they've returned to the norm for shows.
0: I think they've, for the most part, returned to the norm. I think that was maybe just that one concert. I don't know what was up that just, day. That just was a very to fuck weird with them. Day. Just
1: to fuck with them. It's the Shinra board. It's the Shinra board at Taylor Nation.
0: It's just, it's just <laughs> chaos. Like it's, it's like we could like every single day Taylor Nation does something that like just tops themselves from being horrible. It's just what
1: what will they think of next?
0: Uh, honestly, like they're oh my gosh, I can't even.
1: <laughs> wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be amazing if we could get one of them on the show with like their voice protected, and they would be like. I'll, I'll tell you all the secrets. You know, <laughs> that would be amazing. so interesting.
0: But okay, so there's this one time um, where we were and we were in the drought between 1989 and Reputation. Reputation hadn't been announced yet. We it was like it had been like three years at that point of just silence and nothing. And we were like so done with it. We were we were just like hoping and praying for something, you know. So then this like radio station or whatever was like, "Oh, Swifties, you're gonna really love to hear this. You know, like tune into this live stream." Ooh, we were all like, "This is it." this is it. It's happening. TS6 is coming. We were like, this is kind of weird that, you know, she might, she's using this random radio station, but you know what? We don't mind. Like, you know, like whatever it is, we'll take it. So it turned out to be <laughs> a flower wall. It was that, which is exactly as how it sounds. It was this girl. She was blonde and she, I, I don't know. If she, was, I think she was from Taylor Nation. Um, and she was there and there was a wall of flowers and then she said you know hi swifties it was a, like a facebook live stream it, and so it, it, she was like you know comment you know who you want a flower to go to we'll write it on a flower and we'll stick it on the wall
3: you fucking <laughs> and we, kidding me
0: and it was and the, and the flowers spelled out 1989 and we were all like what like what is this and then, and then, and then, like halfway through, like she was kind of like reading the comments and stuff, and then, and you were supposed to say like, you know, this flower is for this person from me, and then you were supposed to yeah, you were supposed to say like where you were from or something, and so this one girl said she was from like she said she was from Turkey, and then the girl read it and she was like Turkey is that a place or a nickname? It, it's just, it became like this like meme, and then like they. <laughs> And then, the, like, the Swifties found her Instagram, and they were just, like, flooding her with turkey comments for, like, weeks. And then she went private, and she made her bio, please stop attacking me, I had to do this for my job. <laughs>
1: Listen, listen. If state of Swift, if state of Swift can say that we that we approve of anything, it's definitely doxing and harassing people.
0: <laughs> it was so funny. It was like we were just so bored. Like not, nothing was happening. We were, and it's still so infamous. Like we, you, like the flower wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, it,
1: was, it It was like it was as if the daycare was promised that at some point in the future there will be a chocolate cake, yeah. and then at one point. Like, an instructor showed up and said, we're going to make a taco salad, yeah. and then there was rioting. You know?
0: Yep. Where's our chocolate cake? Pretty right? much, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a wild day.
1: Well, this has been a very fulfilling segment, you're, in my opinion, you You're welcome. You
0: guys. Thank you.
1: We got a new one, though,
2: right, Trev? Yes, we do. We're going to hear from our audience in our first installment of our new segment,
1: Speak Now.
4: I think that if you know how you feel... So clearly you should say it
1: Sick, I'm so excited that you guys reached out to us Yeah If you ever want to call in for because you have questions Or you want to review the next album that we're going to be talking about Or, I don't know, just want to say something mean If all you want to be is mean Then you absolutely can <laughs> uh, The number is 513-468-1989 You guys ready for the first uh, voicemail?
2: Let's hear
1: them
0: I am so excited, yes
1: Roll tape Hey, Stata Swift, this is Ben Pitt, co-host of Still Not Okay with Trevor. I have to say, I absolutely adored the first episode. It was so great. But I did have one thing I want you guys to talk about, because I'm not sure I buy this whole Loser Taylor thing. Like, I, She definitely seems like the kind of person who bought of herself as kind of a loser, but the way you guys were talking about it, she seems like you know, she dated a senior, she had a bunch of boyfriends, she like talked to her parents in the movie, she seemed kind of like a Regina Jordan in a fan from Mean Girls and I'm curious what you guys think about that in the next episode. Thanks for calling in, Ben. Ben from, from Still Not Okay, Trevor's amazing uh, mm-hmm. My Chemical Romance podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah, thank you for calling.
1: He's
2: great. I love him. Ben's a sweetie. This was something that I wanted to talk about, too, kind of, because it was it was definitely something that struck me as I was looking back at our last episode and thinking about the narrative that we see play out on that album mm-hmm. about how Taylor is this kind of this, like, friendless loser who, like, doesn't really have much of a social life but instead just focuses on her craft and her hobbies
0: i i definitely do believe the the narrative shock (laughs) (laughs) well okay so i mean in in middle school she was a total you know friendless loser but then when she went to high school she said it was like way better and she did have friends
2: that's when she like blossomed
0: because that was in nashville because so everyone there didn't think it was like really weird and lame to want to be like a country singer because you know it was nashville so that you know that checks out how did
2: she talk her parents into moving to nashville well i
0: mean okay so i mean she taylor's taylor was not poor like taylor was was very well off yeah
1: yeah she was upper upper middle
0: yeah because her 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 dad was uh, is a stockbroker and her mom was i I don't don't remember what her mom is but um
1: the most beautiful woman she'd ever seen
0: uh, Yep. right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so (laughs) so yeah so Oh, that was probably how you know they could afford it.
1: But yeah, but it's still crazy to think that she could be like, "Okay, everybody, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's let's pull our roots up,
2: so I can be a country singer."
1: That's, I mean, obviously, that's an incredibly
2: supportive parent.
0: Well, Taylor grew up on a Christmas tree farm.
2: <sighs> that's an interesting detail.
0: Um, and her job was to um, take the grasshopper eggs off of the Christmas trees. And she said that she forgot one of the trees, and they sold it, and then the whole house was infested with grasshoppers. And she had to, like, go, like, help clean them out. There's a bit of Taylor for you. (laughs) Taylor
2: Swift, harbinger of locusts.
1: That's some good Taylor. Love it. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. It's a little plague of locusts. I will say that, obviously, we always have to be acutely aware that from day one, Taylor Swift was was spinning two plates. She was developing as a musician and and as a, a sort of the pilot of, of the Taylor Swift brand. Mm-hmm. and So obviously, we get a version of, of awkward Taylor Swift on that record. But I want to say that I absolutely believe that Taylor is, is, at her heart, an awkward loser weirdo. Of course. <laughs> if she didn't have the confidence of hit records under her belt and you had, like, a 30-minute interaction with her, she would probably ultimately win you over on some level because, you know, she's the smart person but i bet there would you'd be like this girl is awkward as hell (laughs) like i i genuinely believe that like Mm -hmm. i i think once you get to high school if you look like taylor swift even if your hair is a bit of a mess like you have a you have a symmetrical enough face yes some creepy (laughs) seniors are probably going to hit on you and they did true true but i i definitely like just seeing the archival footage of like young taylor i'm like there's a person who does not fit in, in my opinion. Like that's my read. Yeah,
0: her. I agree.
2: I gotta say, I'm in the same boat with you. I, I do buy the narrative, and I that's still my favorite way to think of her as this outsider. Yeah,
1: you're you're used to Taylor now with a stylist and with you know so many wins wins under her belt that she can kind of like stand up and be confident like that. But yeah. you know, I, I I definitely I definitely think she was like a you know a quiet weird. Outcast, I definitely do. And she's
0: still like, like at, at award shows, like she'll, you know, she dances, like you know, she's not the most graceful of dancers, but she, but she dances, <laughs> sure. and and everyone makes fun of her for it. Um, I gotta
2: say, based on some of the moves I saw her do in one of the music videos we're going to be talking about, Taylor Swift and I dance very similarly to each other.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, when she whipped Great. out the choreography and look what you made me do, we were all like. Damn, is this the same person? It's pretty great. She's gotten way better at dancing.
1: (laughs) To be clear, I'm not saying that Taylor Swift in high school or even Taylor Swift in middle school is on the level of like headgear girl or giant birthmark girl. She's not (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's not there. She just (laughs) she just is not she's not like gregarious or charismatic enough to ever get a seat at the popular table, in my opinion.
0: I agree
2: think I think like Lisa Simpson is the best parallel I can think of
0: (laughs) definitely definitely her
1: interests are too specific she's too overeager you know what I mean uh next voicemail yeah let's do it
5: hi guys uh this is Caitlin I haven't been listening to Fearless that much uh, until I decided to listen to it yesterday so I could call in and talk about it and you know what it's pretty good That's my review. Um, I've been going through a breakup, so I've been listening to more Red and um, just a really unhealthy amount of Dear John, I guess, on repeat. But Fearless is great. Um, It starts off really a lot stronger than I remembered it. I don't know the last time I listened to it, like, all the way through. But seriously, like, it goes so solid just the first, like, three or four songs. Um, I also have a quick question for... Glenn and or the dude I bear a passing resemblance to Taylor Swift um I don't really but a lot of people like to tell me that because I have blonde hair and uh wear red lipstick and my question is do you guys think that if I were to go to a Taylor Swift show that Taylor Nation would see just like my general look decide it was a costume and not offer me to go backstage just, like, you know, discussion topic, I guess.
1: Cool. I mean, you you know better than us, Gwen, obviously.
2: Yeah, why don't you take this one?
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> there's a ton of Swifties who look... Very lo- like very much like Taylor Swift, and when they go to shows, they purposefully do dress up like Taylor to look like her. And you know they're not really out to like trick people into thinking they're Taylor. It's more just like a very accurate cosplay. Oh,
1: that'd be really good though. <laughs> go to a- if you really look like her, go to a show and pretend to be Taylor. That'd be amazing. <laughs> but you you see the tweets, you see the tweets, you see the blogs. Mm-hmm. Do the people who meet Taylor? Do you think it's are you more likely to meet Taylor if you look like Taylor?
0: I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I feel like there's not, like, that giant volume of people who look like Taylor Swift, but... Um.
1: <laughs> or less likely. Or less likely. Do you think that people who look like Taylor get passed over?
0: I feel like it doesn't really dictate that much. I mean, like, I know, you know, a couple shows ago, Taylor Nation kind of wilded out there for a second. But I don't think it would, <laughs> it would deter from, from getting rep room. Or, or, you know, make it more likely. Or maybe it would. I don't know. Taylor Nation's confusing. <laughs> They're unpredictable. Who knows?
1: I don't know I don't know if, if I could handle if, like, Trevor's rando friend got to meet Taylor before Gwen. I don't oh know God. if I'd be down with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I
2: still think the only one from this show who's going to get to meet Taylor is somehow going to be me. That,
1: obviously, is the funniest outcome. I
2: think that's going to be the end of the
1: show. <laughs> It'll be the end of, like... I think she'll meet you, and she'll be like, "We gotta dismantle Taylor Nation. I'm not meeting anyone anymore."
2: I feel like there is no good ending to this show, you know? Like, it's not like we're going to meet you two and be, like, best friends with them. Like, we're we're either not going to meet Taylor Swift and it's going to, like, peter out, or else we're going to meet her and the Swifties will immediately turn on us out of jealousy and just banish us from, like, the fandom and the internet in general. We
0: lose all our
1: listeners. It's
2: a a no-win situation. No-win situation.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's do the next one. This is is a good one. Let's hear it.
2: Thanks for calling in, Kate.
6: Hi, I'm Jana. I'm 19. I'm from Germany. And I'm going to give you my super hot take on the Fearless album by Taylor Swift. So the Fearless album was, for me, the first album I've ever heard by Taylor and the one that made me become a fan because I think it's really when her international breakthrough started with Love Story as a single. It was very big in Germany. I think it was probably very big just all over the world. And it introduced me to just her music in general. And I think for me, um, the Fearless album is probably the most consistent in quality because um, while it's not my favorite Taylor album, I think it's the one album where you can really say there's not a single song on it that's like 10 times better or 10 times worse than any of the other songs. Like you can pick out a single song that's just a really weak contender or just super strong in comparison to the others. They're all really good. I don't think there's, like in my opinion, there's no real skips on the album. I really love the bonus track Untouchable that is on the Platinum Edition. I think it's very underrated. And I think Hey Steven is very underrated, which is one of the most hated tracks probably of Taylor's discography. And I just heavily disagree because I think it's very fun. Fearless is a fantastic album that deserves better. Thank you.
0: All right. So
2: much in there. <laughs> we are going to have to talk about this. Hey, Stephen. Yeah,
0: I'm excited too. I'm
2: very intrigued.
1: I want to put a pin in. Hey, Steven I want to put a pin in consistent. I want to put a pin in no skips. I, there's a lot of things I want to put a pin in here. Sure. All right. Gotta gave us a lot. To talk about. That's valid. So we'll we'll let's let's, uh, let's not get <laughs> too into it because we're not we're not reviewing just yet, are we? I believe we have one more call. Okay, let's listen to the last voicemail of the week. I
0: love you, Yana. You're the
1: best. <laughs> Remember 513-468-1989 to hear yourself and your beautiful voice on State of Swift. Woke. Uh hey
4: guys. Fan of the show, Stephanie here. Um really liked the first episode and love Fearless. Probably my top in my top three, maybe even top two Taylor albums. Um, I have a question for you guys about Fearless. Which version of Forever and Always do you think is better? I kind of think the piano version is. Anyway, uh, keep on doing what you're doing, and bye
1: boy i i'm running out of pins to put in things you guys
2: well before we before we start pulling some of those pins out i just want to thank stephanie for calling into the show and say that she also recently started a podcast about sex in the city called city girls make do so if you're interested in that show go check that out it's very good and very funny
1: i've seen a few episodes of that show and one of the movies
0: I guess that's all I had to say. I've
2: never seen it. So should we should we figure out which uh, Sex and the City characters each of us are, or should we talk about Taylor Swift's sophomore album, Fearless? Yeah,
1: I think uh, I think that that'll be a more fruitful subject for our Taylor Swift podcast, so let's do the second one. <laughs> let's get to it. Okay. Our song, Fearless Edition.
4: You know, the first thing I do when I'm thinking about titling an album is I, I look to the music first and I look to the lyrics. So... I wrote this song about what my idea was of the best first date ever and you know it doesn't matter where you go to dinner or if somebody brings you flowers at the door or something like that. It's really all about who you're with and how that person makes you feel. And I wrote this song called Fearless about how you just have that feeling where you would do anything. You would dance in the rain in your best dress. Uh, because with that person, you feel fearless.
2: Dylan, Gwen, Mm -hmm. Webster's Dictionary Mm -hmm. offers a simple definition of the word fearless. In fact, it's only two words long, lacking fear. Taylor Swift, however, has a different definition of the word, which she explains in the liner notes of her 2008 sophomore album of the same name. And I was hoping I could kick off our discussion of that album by reciting to you, in the words of Taylor Swift, the meaning of fearlessness.
1: I I happen to have this quote also in my notes, and I have a take, so go ahead.
2: (laughs) To me, fearless is not the absence of fear. It's not being completely unafraid. To me, fearlessness is having fears... To me, fearless is living in spite of those things that scare you to death. Yeah. Yes. Now, that's really inspiring and all, but correct me if I'm wrong. The concept of doing something even though it scares you, isn't that called courage?
1: Yeah, that's. she's interpolating a Mark Twain quote, which is, uh, courage is not the absence of fear, but the mastery of it.
2: There we are,
0: yeah.
1: There you go. Fearless, by definition, means no fear. So yeah. I, I gotta give Taylor a close, but no cigar. No, I like it. I,
0: I think it's super interesting.
2: I appreciate the effort, for sure. And there's a longer version of that quote that I want to close the like intro discussion of Fearless with, but we'll get to that when we get to it.
1: I think it's a good sentiment. I do think it's a good sentiment. I think sentiment. it's cool. But, but, I mean, it's just a Mark Twain quote that she's basically <laughs> messed up. <laughs>
2: Quinn, why don't you tell us a little bit about this album, though, because, as usual, I did no research for it. Okay,
0: so, Fearless, Taylor Swift's second studio album, is the most awarded country album of all time. It was released November 11th, 2008. It was recorded from 2007 to 2008 under Big Machine Records. It was produced by Scott Borchetta and Nathan Chapman and Taylor Swift. Uh, It won four Grammy Awards and it's 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 one of taylor's uh, like when you think oh i love old taylor this is the album you think of this is the
2: definitive early taylor swift work
0: yeah this is definitive country taylor got it as you know it's just like 1989 is definitive pop taylor
2: this is the second taylor swift album i've listened to for this podcast and what i'm noticing is that it feels like each taylor swift album kind of has a goal of introducing us to a different taylor mm-hmm. And like while her self-titled introduces us to like Taylor, the awkward 16-year-old who loves country music and is trying to find her place in the world, Mm -hmm. Fearless introduces us to, like, Taylor Swift, the incredibly confident and capable power-pop front woman. Mm -hmm.
1: Dude, are you reading my notes right now? Her
2: presence on this record and, like, the moves she pulls, like, this is, like, the first time we see her really try to sell herself. Yeah. And she actually manages to look like kind of a rock star in the process, I think.
0: Yeah. Like, like um, I I feel like Taylor feels like, um sort of like a really cool older sister or like a really cool cousin and and it's like she like knows so much about life and you're like man Taylor you know you have such good advice and she's like yeah
1: I mentioned last episode that I felt like of all the Taylor Swift albums I heard that each one had like a goal or a core concept Mm -hmm. I stake this one out as like the maturity process and there's each every song on this record we get two different kinds of mature Taylor she's either confident Taylor or she's like worldly Taylor And Confident Taylor is, like, she's in charge Mm -hmm. and knows what she wants and can get it. Worldly Taylor is, like, looking back. Mm -hmm. She knows all your tricks. You can't get one over on her. She's seen this all before. And it's very, very much, Mm -hmm. like, those were the two Taylors we were getting over and over again on this record. I wish that I could go back to our last episode Mm -hmm. and be a lot harder on her debut album, you guys.
2: Me too, because I think this is a considerable step up. I
1: agree. Dude, I was sort of like, my expectations were low enough on the first one where I was like, wow, what a cool pop debut. No, that album is trash. My first time listening to Fearless, I got halfway through this record and I was like, oh my god. What if Fearless is my favorite Taylor Swift? Wow! Album? Yeah, this
2: is the this is the female fronted power pop I didn't know I needed in my life.
1: Right, and then and then the second half of the album uh, happened. Spoiler alerts! It was nice while it lasted, but <laughs> I think that this album is ex- is an exquisite pop record. I agree. Like, I think when this album is like functioning at its at its at its peak performance, it is one of my favorite pop albums of the last twenty years. It is so. Effective, so confident. These choruses are monsters. Like I actually, I I invented a scale that I'm going to use to rank them as we get to them. Oh, I
0: can't wait! And
1: it's it's monsters arranged from smallest to largest. <laughs> right. Uh, so it goes. You get Gremlin from the movie Gremlins. Mm-hmm. Then you get Sully from Monsters Inc. <laughs> and then you get uh, xenomorph from the movie alien <laughs> and then the balrog which is like the dragon that gandalf fights in lord of the rings yep and then finally of course godzilla as your king of the monsters that
0: is perfect i this is i this is exactly what i was hoping to hear
1: <laughs> you're you're listen 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 this is a big moment because this album has shown me that country taylor or whatever you want to call taylor 1.0 is is Every bit as important to me as, like, Taylor 2.0, synth-pop Taylor. I'm very excited to see as we progress into classic Taylor, because, like, oh my god, I love this record, and I love this Taylor.
2: Very good record, very good Taylor.
0: Yay! Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Very
2: excited. I
0: feel like her first album is like her knocking on the door, and this album is like her opening the door and like taking a step inside.
2: I think that tees up the quote that I want to read real quick, Mm -hmm. and then we'll get into the tracks. All right. That quote I read before was not the end. Taylor goes on and on. (laughs) She explains that Fearless is falling madly in love again, even though you've been hurt before. Fearless is walking into your freshman year of high school at 15 fearless is getting back up and fighting for what you want over and over again even though every time you've tried before you've lost it's fearless to have faith that someday things will change fearless is having the courage to say goodbye to someone who only hurts you even though you can't breathe without them i think it's fearless to fall for your best friend even though he's in love with someone else and when someone apologizes to you enough times for things they'll never stop doing i think it's fearless to stop believing them it's fearless to say you're not sorry i think loving someone despite what people Think is fearless. I think allowing yourself to cry on the bathroom floor is fearless. Letting go is fearless. Then moving on and being all right, that's fearless too. But no matter what love throws at you, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in love stories and Prince Charming's and happily ever after. That's why I write these songs, because I think love is fearless.
0: Wow. Her mind.
1: Cue sound effect of an audience like jumping to its feet and cheering.
2: <laughs> and that takes us to our first song. Fearless.
4: There's something about the way the street looks when it's just rain. There's a glow off the pavement. You walk me to the car and you know I wanna ask you to dance right there in the middle of the parking lot. Fearless! Yeah!
1: Oh, hell yeah. This was the fifth single, by the way, and it got to number nine on the Hot 100. This is
0: my favorite on the album. Listen,
1: I'm gonna say right now, I love so many of these songs. I love this song. These videos, I'm ready to forget. A lot of them.
2: There's one video that I want to talk about, but that's it. Just one.
0: The the Fearless Tour video, it has this filter that's just so mid-2000s. It's like graininess and like washed out colors and it's like and like every now
1: and then they like animate angel wings over
4: (laughs) yeah they do they do
1: but let's
2: let's talk about the song Dylan something that you've talked about a couple times is how important it is like the first sound you hear on a record oh yeah and the first sound you hear on this one is that snare hit yeah that boom that like just that makes you sit up straight and
1: like pay attention and then straight into that very like dirty very distorted guitar line that it's a very like striking first moment you know
2: definitely I I love that snare sound though because like it makes me think of how like one of my dream celebrity encounters is to like meet Taylor Swift at a party and kind of try to awkwardly flirt with her by talking about snare sounds (laughs) because I know that's how I know that's how Jack Antonoff like became friends with her like they it was I remember reading that like they initially bonded over like a conversation about the snare sounds in uh what I like about you by the only ones incredible
1: of course she's like a gear nerd of course yeah (laughs) so wait correct me if I'm wrong Gwen when this album comes out Taylor is like 18 right
0: yeah She's, she's pretty young. I remember um, she won, um, oh my gosh, what was it? It was like a CMA Artist of the Year or something like that. And her acceptance speech, she was like, this is definitely the highlight of my senior year.
1: <laughs> great. Is well, I will say that I, I think it's safe to say that there is nothing more mm. romantic to an 18-year-old Taylor Swift than getting hot and heavy in the rain. Because she will not shut up no. about, like,
3: about the rain. kissing,
1: dancing... Breaking up, making up in the rain on this record. And this is the first example of that with the uh, something about the way the street looks when it's just rain and I dance in a storm in my best
2: dress. There's glow you know? on the pavement. I love yeah. that none of the lyrics in the verses rhyme though. There's something about that that feels like like such a step forward from her. Like It's sophisticated, I agree. Yeah. That's yeah.
3: cool. And just like mm-hmm.
2: that first verse about like walking across the parking lot, it's so good. It really sets a scene I agree. and feels like a total departure from some of the more basic, elemental stuff she was doing on her self titled. It's
4: so good. I
1: think that this. I think this verse melody is is exquisite. I especially love in in the second verse i love her take on till we run out of road that's so good
2: (laughs) i love the end of that second verse though where that in this moment now capture it remember it the the way she uses like spaces there is so good yeah that's the
0: that's like one of the like uh, and when she performs this live instead of um instead of in this moment she says um like the town she's in so like when she would be like, like you know, California now captured, or some, or wherever she is, I think it's cool. I
1: will say that this this chorus is is a full on Balrog. It's it's a this is the best. It's a huge chorus. There are other there are Godzillas to this Balrog on the rest of this record, but this <laughs> is a monster. It will get stuck in your head. It's a it's a huge opening statement. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It it has a very like like sort of nineteen ninety seven you know, chick chick rock, chick pop feeling to me. Like, I could totally see... I love
2: the chick rock vibe on this album. It's, like, my favorite <laughs> thing about it. How often do you hear, like, guitar-driven pop anymore? Never.
0: That's true, that's true. That brings it's all up like... something
2: that I wanted to talk about real quick. Like, mm-hmm. the last time we talked about her self-titled, I talked about two things that, like, enhanced my enjoyment of it, and that uh-huh. was imagining Taylor Swift as, like like uh being embraced by pitchfork mm-hmm. and, you know, learning about her loser narrative. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something that really enhanced my enjoyment of this one and it's something I would like you two to kinda get on board with making like like canon within the context of the show. Mm-hmm. Sure. For all intents and purposes, <laughs> let's just pretend we live in a world where Taylor Swift plays all of the guitar on her albums love it she
0: plays like a lot of it like
2: all the shredding guitar solos that's her <laughs> yeah I love the
1: idea of that I love the idea of that too like Taylor
2: Swift the guitar hero
1: let's put that flying V guitar into Taylor's hands I'm into it yeah
0: she's she's like really good at guitar like she can play guitar she can play electric guitar and then she can play banjo. Well, I
1: definitely know she's doing a lot of these acoustic rhythm parts for sure. Yeah. What a banger though, you yeah. guys. What a banger. It's a great opener.
0: Yeah, this is this is definitely my favorite on the album for sure.
1: Top 5 for me.
2: Okay, next song? Next, we got 15, another single. Mm-hmm.
4: Take a deep breath and you walk through the doors. It's the morning of your very first day. You say hi to your friends you may seen in a while. Try and stay out of everybody's way.
0: Fifteen, yes. This is this is another really super popular one that like. Like everyone knows, um, so
1: only only to number twenty three on the Hot One Hundred, which huh, kind of shocked me. Like I forgot about this was probably the song that I most associated with, like that I had the clearest memory of going into this record.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: I didn't. I knew uh, this song, but I didn't know it was by Taylor Swift until oh, like, probably just a couple months ago. Huh. But
0: yeah, this song. Uh, this the video it's It's very like green screeny. Oh, I don't
1: like this video at all.
0: It's it's it's. It's cute.
1: This video it's is real cheeseball in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I
2: wasn't a big fan of it, I liked some shots of Taylor playing guitar, and I liked when she met Annabelle, that was fun.
1: It falls apart for me when her and Annabelle have to, like, have their very emotional moment. And Abigail. They, oh, sorry, Abigail. <laughs> when she has to have, like, her very emotional moment, and they're, like...
0: Hugging and crying? Taylor
1: doesn't know how to sell screen crying, and it's like...
0: Oh, yeah, she, we'll know that in the White Horse video. <laughs> oh,
1: we'll talk more about Taylor pretending <laughs> yeah. to cry on screen in the White Horse video, Yeah. I don't know. This they, I didn't like the visual style and, and whatever. I, the sooner I forget about the 15 video, the better because I really like this song.
0: Actually,
2: yeah, it's a very good song.
0: I love it. It's my it's my third favorite.
2: I really like when the drums drop out for a few beats when she meets Abigail. Like I I like to imagine the two of them doing some kind of incredibly complex like secret handshake during that part. <laughs> oh, I like that.
1: That's good. They they. I think there's a couple of moments melodically in the verses where she gets a little bit lost in the weeds. Like I think that the in the bit with the and he's got a car and you feel like flying oh I love that part I I feel like she's like that's the very first drafty setting thing I don't like that Mm. I like
0: it
1: but I I think that this hook is is pretty huge in fact I'm gonna go ahead and call this the the first Godzilla chorus on the record I think it's got tremendous movement I think it's got uh, like an incredible crescendo it's got melancholy and verticality it really it has everything I love how it's a chorus where the lyric keeps changing and, yeah. and uh, it feels like you're really moving through time and my favorite one is definitely uh, uh, your first kiss makes your head spin round." that's such a that's such a great great delivery <laughs> great lyric. I know but you know specificity is a little bit of a double edged sword here because she, there's very heavy use of you obviously she the, the aim here is obviously it's like Taylor mm-hmm. singing to herself right to her To her past Mm -hmm. self, yeah. Uh, But at times, it almost makes me feel like Taylor is like trying to put me in a box where like I'm expected to be into the senior boy or the football (laughs) player when I'm 15, (laughs) and that like I want to date somebody who's like significantly older than I am, and that I'm into the into the same things that, that she is.
0: But I get that.
1: But that being said, I actually never noticed that there there's a a key word in that first line of the chorus. She does say "and" when you're 15. And somebody tells you they love you, you are going to believe them, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty key because without it, it sounds it sounds like she's saying, "Listen, when you are fifteen, somebody tells you they love you," where it's like not all of us, yeah. Taylor. <laughs> Some of us ain't getting no play when we're fifteen. I've
2: always I've always heard the "and."
1: I don't know. I, I heard the "and," yeah. I, I I didn't hear it until 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 very recently, but. My favorite read of this song is really to imagine Taylor Swift as, like, a crazy time traveler who is literally appearing to her freshman self and, like, breathlessly, like, listen, we don't have much time. Somebody's gonna tell you they love you. You're gonna believe them. That's very good. But yeah. But can we talk about the moment where where she and Abigail both cry about their breakups?
2: does it feel like taylor's kind of using abigail's like teenage heartbreak as a prop because she doesn't really have any like legitimate high school sadness she can draw upon from her own past
0: abigail was really flattered about this like she was she was super like there's like this interview with her and she was like yeah she was she said she was like just super blown away that and 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 her and abigail are still like really good friends even now and like um And whenever uh, Abigail's at her shows, she sings 15, and it's really cute. (laughs)
2: Right, but why is the emotional climax of this song that's about Taylor's high school experience Abigail's
1: breakup? Well, Abigail is the subplot. Of this
2: song. <laughs> well,
0: I think it's more like because I mean, when you're when you're in high school or you're whatever. I mean, like I am. Uh, I mean, you know, like you you f- kind of feel your friends' emotions as well if you're like super close. Like, you know, like one of my friends broke up with her boyfriend. And it was like super sad, and I was really sad about it too. I don't know. It's like you you're very like in the the social. I don't know. Does that make sense? I'm following you. Because like you know, sometimes you and your best friend are like one in the same. Friendship-wise, or something, and so it's you kind of bo- you both feel like the same things, or something.
1: <laughs> I think it's an earnest moment of of girl power and 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 camaraderie. I do want to point out the dynamic, though, because Abigail gave everything to a boy who changed his mind, but Taylor moved on to bigger dreams. So <laughs> she
2: quote realized some bigger dreams of
1: hers. <laughs> one of them got fucked over. Taylor broke up with high school boy because she's like, you know what, small potatoes. (laughs) But then they both cry where it's like, well, Taylor, back off here. (laughs) Abigail, Abigail really got, you know, got her heart shattered here, right?
0: Yeah, I get that. So another thing, uh, Taylor played, um, overplayed this to shit at the 1989 tour, because Taylor does surprise songs, you know. At every show, she'll play one song from her, like, an older song, or you know, like, a cover sometimes. Sure. Um, So, Taylor played um, 15 at the 1989 tour, and everyone was like, woo, 15, you know, that was great. But then she just kept playing 15 as the surprise song. And so now people, like, resent 15, because it, like, robbed them of a more exciting surprise song, and so oh, and that's so, ridiculous. it's kind of like... It's like a meme now. It's like, you know, oh, Taylor's about to sing a surprise song. Watch it be 15, you know. 15's great. <laughs> I love Get 15. Get over 15. Yourself I, I, wish I, I haven't seen it live. I wish I I wish I have. I, I love 15. When I, 15. when I was
1: 15, when I was uh, 15, I got signed up for a non-elective political science class, <laughs> and I decided... To never go to it i didn't go to the first day, and I cut every subsequent one, knowing in the just never mentioning it to anybody and having it in my back pocket and then when when I got my when I got my report card that it was like... You know, fail this class you never showed up to. I indignantly like stormed into my principal's office, like, I never signed up for this, I have no knowledge of this class. And my and because I sold it so hard, it totally worked. That's I just, amazing, I didn't have to take that class.
2: Nice, I'm gonna do that next time. I have one of those recurring stress nightmares where there's like <laughs> I'm back in high school for some reason, and like there's a class I just haven't been going to. Cool, you finally given me a good way to end that dream a weapon, yeah. a
1: weapon. Uh, you want to. Talk about a giant jumbo multi international number one smash hit.
0: Hell, yeah, love story.
4: We were both young when I first saw you. close my eyes and the flashback starts i'm standing there on the balcony in summer air Uh, this song is
0: um i feel like over the years it's not not become stale for me because i've listened to it like you know a lot uh you know because it's like a single and whatever but um, it's still, it's still, it's still great. It's still. Um, it was written on Taylor's bedroom floor in like forty-five minutes after her parents disapproved of her dating like this total asshole bad boy. Um, she was so upset about it that she went in her room and cried and wrote a number one smash hit.
1: I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll say. I obviously this is the this is a gargantuan epic uh, smash pop culture moment. It's never really done it that hard for me. I think it's good. I think it's like a solid first half of Fearless album track, but if if I didn't know that this was a huge hit and somebody played me this record and say pick pick out the number 1 billboard hit I would never pick Love Story. No, I
2: don't think I would either, and it doesn't really crack my top three. It doesn't,
0: no, it doesn't for me either. probably
2: just ekes its way into my top five, though. I
0: don't know if it gets to my It's never five. been, like, I, favorite, I, I do think it's but, good. But I still think it's, like, I'm, because, I'm, like, there's a lot of people that I, like, that I talk to and whatever. I'm like, you know, oh, do you listen to Taylor Swift? And they're like, you know, no, no, not really. But, you know, I do like Love Story, or, you know, I feel like Love Story is the one that always pokes out. And I'm like wow I'm
1: okay <laughs> yeah like culturally this chorus is a Godzilla but to me I like the energy of it but it doesn't it never really sticks around in my head like I, I would probably yeah, me neither. personally call it like a sully chorus <laughs> more than that this is definitely the first feature for banjo on the yeah. record, which is good to see that she's still she's still doing it
2: wrap the know? banjo yeah one of my favorite things about the song is how atmospheric the beginning is like between the slide guitar and the banjo That's true, I love and now that, that. like distant clanging percussion
1: it's its so cool yeah that is pretty cool there's a really nice slow build to this one. My my favorite thing about this song is the kind of sad fantasy sequence at the end where Romeo proposes but if you're not like if you're not listening closely it sounds like it's got this happy ending but then the setup to that whole section is like is this in my head I don't know what to think like She's just imagining this world where it all works out, but in the end, you know, Daddy never says that Romeo can come over, you know? That's the
2: first, I think, messy Taylor moment on the album. Is this in my head? I don't know what to think. Very
1: good. It's very good. Yeah. It. it the, I will say that already we're like, what, this is the third track into this record? And two of them so far, this, this one and Fearless, are still doing that thing she likes to do where the last chorus... Starts with this like stripped down first half and then explodes, you know. Yeah, it's this. She can't get enough of this move. She loves this move. She,
0: she, yeah, she does that a whole lot. I've noticed that. (laughs) This
2: has another one of her favorite moves too. First and last line ends ends the song with the first lyric of it. Yeah, and and
1: the and the this you know this video I think is is better than the other two that we've talked about so far. Still not my favorite. I
0: agree. It's the it was filmed at Castle Gwen, who's. You know, awesome. Your
1: namesake Castle is ah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's actually not spelled exactly like. I think it's, it's like, like G W I N or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but still, it, it works. The thing
1: I like about the video, I mean, like I'm, I'm down for a little bit of you know, you know, classical Jane Austeny cos- costumes and balls and whatnot. But, I, but I like I like <laughs> yeah. the jump cut to to modern times at the end. I think that's very when smart. they
0: were when they were filming this. Um, when they, there's like a behind the scenes video thing for it. And um, they were, like, losing sunlight rapidly. It was, like, their last day and then right when they were trying to film, like, their second to last shot, somebody like, the only version of the song, like, to play as, like, a backing track like, for lip syncing, was this, like, super sped up version. It was, like, like it was, like was a chipmunk, chipmunk version. Oh, dear. And <laughs> nobody could figure out why. And so they were all, like, freaking out. They were like, no one has the song! We don't have the song for a backtrack! What are we gonna do? And it was, like, and they were like it was like almost it was like almost sundown, it was like wild, and so Taylor had to whip out her own iPod, play her own song from it.
1: Well so. I will say that speaking of chipmunk versions of this song, uh some of these videos that I thought were a bit of a snore, I did make use of YouTube's one point five playback speed uh feature. <laughs> and I gotta say, some of them are kind of like secretly pretty dope if you speed them up a little. Uh you know, maybe not better, but but just a fun alternate thing. Um <laughs> does that does that scarlet letter reference work for you guys cuz I really don't like it. I
0: think it's fine. uh uh-uh. But
1: she she says I'm a scarlet letter and like the scarlet letter is pretty Nathaniel Hawthorne if you're not familiar it's a it's a red A that you get because you cheated on your spouse. So it's just like that reference doesn't really it stands for adulterer. That reference doesn't really do anything. It feels it feels a little bit like Taylor was like, Ooh yeah, Scarlet Letters in my in my senior year reading list. I should get some
2: <laughs> That kind of thoughtless appropriation of it pairs well with her naming her love interest Romeo too, right? I mean that story doesn't end well. You
0: know, that's very true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: yeah, you know, love story. I mean obviously it's a it's a huge moment. I just I feel like the rest of the world must have gotten a little bit more from it than I did. Because I you know
0: I agree. I feel the same. I'm like it's cool.
2: I really like some moments here, though. Taylor Swift pulls so many cool rock star moves. Like she does this like huh, oh thing, like SMT. in one of the choruses. And there's that really great instrumental interlude into the bridge with like the guitar solo and the strings. They really burn this one down. It's very cool. I
1: love the I love the energy. I love the I love the energy. I love the perspective. It just doesn't have like the flavor of an, an inescapable pop classic to me for some reason.
2: Like
0: like Fearless or 15.
1: Go
2: with me on this because I think mm-hmm. one thing that would make this song a lot better, and something that I mentally insert into it every time I listen to it. Uh-huh. Dylan, a couple months ago, you and I listened to Black Holes and Revelations by Muse. By Muse, yeah. How much better would these choruses be if you had Matt Bellamy doing his like chugga chugga guitar thing a <laughs> like, like, couple yeah. beats before each one, like dun 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 dun? Yeah, dun. that'd be pretty that good. That would be, that'd be so pretty good.
1: good. I could definitely get into that.
2: Taylor, pick up some guitar moves from Matt.
1: (laughs) So according to one of our callers, this next song has some controversy surrounding it, Gwen? Yeah, let's talk about Hey Steven.
0: Like, it's not that there's like controversy, really. It's just everyone just hates it. They just don't like it. Like Taylor always, like pretty much every album has at least one song that's like really like cutesy and like bouncy and just very like light hearted. Like like for example, um, stay, stay, stay on um, on Red, or Gorgeous on Reputation, or How You Get the Girl on 1989, it, and Hey Stephen on Fearless. If it's too bubbly, everyone hates it. So everyone just despises Hayes Stephen. And it, it's like it's fine. I don't like, know, I like... gotta
1: go with Stephanie on this one. I think this is I think the hot streak continues. I think this is very much side a fearless. We're still Cranking the bangers out. I love
2: this. I
0: love this song. I think it's super fun.
1: This is like a top ten Taylor Swift song for me.
2: Oh, awesome! I love
0: this (laughs) track. I
2: it has. I have been playing it like on repeat.
3: Yay! I just
2: can't get enough of this one. I think the arrangements feel so much different than what she usually does. She doesn't really pull any of her typical moves here. It feels like it's just such a such a more relaxed vibe. It's got a
1: very it's got a very like sunny boardwalk pop feel, like a Jason Mraz song or something. You know. like there's a there's a that or
2: like a tossed off kind of like just like living room like the morning after a party or something like this is almost like a it almost has like like weird like third album velvet underground vibes or something <laughs>
1: there's a there's a moment in this song that I think we really need to focus on so before we do let's just like talk about the song in general because mm-hmm. I mean there's a moment in the song that the first time it happened like I gasped and felt like almost like a coldness inside of myself <laughs> that i that also is like so compelling and continues to be one of my favorite moments on this record. Really? Uh, I hope it's what I think you're talking about. Yeah, me too. So, so last week we talked about name-checking boys and how we didn't like it. Here it's great. It's great. Yeah, and it made me realize that like male pop singers have been name-checking ladies in their yeah. songs all the time. Yeah. Rosanna and Roxanne, all the way back to the Beatles. Taylor's kind of doing this in a way that I don't think many female pop singers do. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like female pop love songs that name check met, right? That's true, yeah. So do you think that there are... Are there Stevens out there who, like, have an interesting, ambivalent slash slash worm relationship with this song because there's a, <laughs> a namesake song in theirs? I wonder. It's definitely you know. possible. Well, like, yeah. I, like, one thing that I really like about early Tilly Swift songs
2: and like this one in particular Mm -hmm. is that they're really easy to play on guitar and so I've just been like sitting around my room just playing this song on guitar over and over again. It makes for like a delightfully queer experience. I love that.
1: Definitely. Early on I picked this chorus as being a a Sully but it's really it's it's kind of grown. It's in my head a lot now so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and say that this is is has reached xenomorph status for me. Good to hear on this record. I love
2: this chorus, and I love the I love the humming too.
0: Yeah, me too. I really like that.
2: So, Dylan, what was this moment you wanted to talk so, about? So,
1: I think that this is the first, like, truly, like, evil Taylor moment on a song, and it's the laugh, right? that fucking laugh. How about that laugh, you guys? <laughs> the laugh. Mm-hmm. That laugh, you guys. <laughs> It makes me—it—it it suddenly recasts the entire song as being totally not genuine. Like this has just been a fun game for her. Of like, <laughs> I bet I could—I bet I could write a pop song that'll make this boy fall in love with me. Like, there's this—it's this—that little laugh, just like. It adds a dash of bitter to this song that I that makes it so much more complicated and so much more interesting to me because <laughs> she
2: knows exactly what she's she doing. she knows
1: exactly what she's doing and, and and all of the sentiments that she has brought up before look like an angel, how can I help it all these things you've suddenly realized that she's just been like going down a list <laughs> and she's like she's you know spinning a little web here. I love that like I can't think of too many songs. That like turn on a dime like that.
0: That's an interesting headcanon, yeah. Yeah,
2: look, if, if if you like met like a teenage boy and he's like, yeah, I, I get so many chicks because I just like write them little songs on my guitar, you'd think this guy was a douchebag. Oh, and, for sure. Yeah, Taylor <laughs> Swift is giving off those same kind of vibes here. I'm so glad you brought this up, Dylan, because we're about to like get into a uh-huh,
6: rolling really conversation are. about this in like, a couple songs. <laughs> we definitely are.
1: <laughs> but this is, this is, I, I don't get me wrong. I like... Mm-hmm. I like Dark Taylor. Mm-hmm. I, evil Taylor... Mm-hmm. Taylor's ability to be a master manipulator and when her fangs start to show and when she... You know, suddenly is maybe the bully instead of the bullied. Those are like some of the most compelling moments on some of my very favorite mm. Taylor Swift songs. Agreed.
2: Absolutely. I, I talk a mean game about Messy Taylor, but Evil Taylor is my number one.
1: Because, like, how, how fucking boring <laughs> are her contemporaries like Kelly Clarkson, who are always just like the put upon mm-hmm. perfect pop star or whatever, you know? Like, Taylor Swift be having having something in her that's maybe a little bit, like, <laughs> <laughs> darker than some of her contemporaries is a, it's it interesting. just makes the flavor of a Taylor Swift song something much more interesting and, and exquisite, in my opinion.
0: I feel that.
2: She's evilly aligned, for sure.
1: Absolutely. But sometimes she gets her heart broken, you guys. She does.
2: <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about White Horse.
4: Face of an angel comes out just when you need it to. So, White Horse. Um, this this song
0: is be- about
1: heroin. <laughs> 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 well, you know she does. She she looks a little bit like a junkie in this video, where she's like, this "Video? I this missed video. this video. I oh, you you missed out, buddy. This video is the worst and funniest <laughs> of them all.
0: I was laughing about this video today with my friend Mary. We were like. We were, like, at, like, the beginning, the dramatic, like, do you love me? Yeah. And then, like, and at the end, it's, like, do you love me? And she's, like, yeah. And he's, like, so do you forgive me? And she's, like, no. And then she, like, throws her flip phone. And then she like like sobs slides down the brick wall. What
1: about the middle of the song skit, Gwen? Can, do you remember the Omar- <laughs> the dialogue in yeah, the middle yeah, of the like, song? He's just
0: everything I've ever wanted. I didn't think I'd ever find a guy like him. And then
1: her friend goes,
0: "There's something you need to know about him. There's
1: something you need to know about him. It's just just, like, so good. It's so it's awful. Like,
0: it, it's so funny." I, and I know it's completely this, unintentionally funny. but she's, is it? <laughs>
1: she's terribly fake crying through like the entire last half of the song. Like the
0: mascara and the. Oh
1: boy! And it, and messy Taylor, bullshit. Trevor. Not there's not a you. You should go back and watch this just for how ridiculous it is. I'll
2: have to. Yeah, it sounds like something I'm going to need to check then, out for sure. And then
0: like there's like that that one part where she's like walking home in the in the dark, and then she sees her man's with the groceries, and then oh my gosh, who's that? <laughs> the other woman walks out of the out of the house and they all like lock eyes and he like goes to be like Taylor wait she like runs away
1: this oh, was yeah. a this was the second single and it got to number 13 on the hot 100 which
0: yeah okay this is a very successful song it, it won two grammys for best female country vocal performance and best country song and um... i mean it
1: tore up the country charts but to see that it to see that it was like it just narrowly missed being a top 10 hot 100 song like Kind of surprised, but also kind of delighted me because I actually really like this one.
0: I do like it, but there's
1: something about just that that dash of worldliness that makes it feel sadder than anything on on the first record did to me. Yeah, like there's something about the the the, the kind of knowing sigh of like you know true, it's yeah. it's it's about it's about kind of like giving up your childish dreams and and grip coming to grips with reality. And I I like this chorus a lot. I like it yeah, a lot. It's, I think it's I think it's catchy and it's nice to sing along to but it also communicates a lot of emotion like disappointment and regret and I feel like this is like a this is like a low-key xenomorph this is like a xenomorph (laughs) in like an evening jacket you know it's a very rainy night outside I I think it's I think it's a surprisingly like pretty punchy chorus Trevor I I get the feeling maybe you're not going with me on this.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this I I don't think it's a bad song. I like the chorus, but I think it really suffers from being in between like two of my favorite songs on the album. I kind of always just want to get to the next track
1: by this point.
0: Yeah, I usually skip this one, but I like Respect It. I'm like, yeah, there's White Horse. Uh, I
1: never I, I I can't imagine skipping this one. I think it's I think it's essential for like the 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 hot side of this I record. Feel that. I think this ain't this ain't Hollywood. This is a small town for some reason like hits me in the gut. It's like there's something there's something about like And obviously, you know, this is a girl who didn't give up on her dreams And they all exploded into giant fireworks But there is, there's something I find very relatable about, like, you know there's an age where you very earnestly talk with your with your high school sweetheart about about marriage and children and then there's a moment where you got to like grow up and realize that that shit isn't gonna happen yeah
0: and especially on an album like this like like right after um not right after but almost right after love story where it's very like you know ah there's you know fairy tales and uh you know everything worked out but then she's like shit man not always
1: (laughs) didn't even think about that that's very smart sequencing. yeah i didn't even think Definitely, about that. there
2: mm-hmm. is some interesting <laughs> sequencing on this album for sure definitely
0: mm-hmm.
1: i can't imagine any of us have anything but praise to heap on this next song oh
0: man
2: this is my favorite taylor swift song you belong with me
4: you're on the phone with your girlfriend she's upset she's going about something that she said she doesn't get your humor like I do.
1: It is a real banger. I'm it's a re- it's my number two on the record, but I love it so much.
0: It's it's an amazing song. Like there was a moment it I don't know like four years ago where this was like the only song I listened to for like three weeks like yeah it is so good it's like it's yeah this is this is one this is um, widely considered like one of her best singles and songs ever and it's um and also it, it it's um it's it sort of started the infamous Kanye feud because she was accepting the award for best female video at the, at the VMAs for this this video when Kanye you know
1: <laughs> okay okay we got to talk about this video I love we got to talk video. about this video because i because the because the 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 single ladies video that beyonce mm-hmm. did it's it's very iconic it's very good this is a better video this video is better than i that agree one. this is uh, agree. such a better video oh my god uh. yeah
0: I I love this video so much. And the fact that she plays both characters is just really cool.
1: Very it's interesting. Really cool. It's all the joy of, like, a really trashy 90s romantic comedy, like, boiled, <laughs> boiled down into into three minutes. And I, I love it so much. It's so good. And I
0: love the fact that, um... Yeah, well, you know that, that shirt she wears at the beginning, the Junior Jewels shirt with all, like, the names on it and stuff? That is, like... That is like the go-to shirt for if you are going to a Taylor Swift show and you need a costume last minute. That is what everyone goes with. You go, go with Junior Jules. I
1: think there's a lot of contenders when she's when she's kind of rapidly changing costumes <laughs> in front of the mirror. There's a lot of great, great. I want options. the Junior
2: shirt so bad though. I've already got the big dork glasses. Like, oh yeah, for
1: sure. <laughs> And I think it's I think it's genuinely sweet too. I think the conclusion is genuinely sweet that the missed opportunity of of trying to hold up the "I love you" sign before the boy sees is like it's. It, I think it's, it's a perfect pop. Video. Me too. Perfect. Me
0: too. It's
2: very cute. The fact that they both bring the signs at the end of the day, it's yeah. like, great. It's very cute.
1: Oh, and what about Taylor playing
0: evil Taylor <laughs> yeah. with the brown <laughs> hair? Okay, okay,
2: but which one's the evil
1: Taylor? Good damn question good damn question
2: i have been waiting weeks to talk to you guys about this i have
0: seen a lot of takes about that
2: i mean it's 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 the t-shirt taylor it's gotta be her she is stealing this <laughs> poor cheer captain's boyfriend who did nothing wrong like this is wh- <laughs> let me let me tell you how i see this song. okay i see this as a <laughs> disney villain song
1: and of course the disney villain always sees themselves this way right they see themselves as the as the scorn this happens
2: two-thirds of the way through the movie where like the protagonist has some kind of misunderstanding (laughs) with their love interest and then their rival swoops in and capitalizes on that moment and steals them with a big flashy song and that is what taylor is doing here yeah this is like the dark side of like kiss the girl (laughs) or something
1: well it's like it's she basically she is jolene in the classic dolly parton song like this is this is she's taking him just because she can, but like there's this there's what's great is that the thing she has to say about her is like too much drama and she's a cheerleader and she wears nice clothes.
2: One of my favorite things is she doesn't get her boyfriend's sense of humor. Now, like, listen, who has a worse (laughs) sense of humor than a teenage boy? Oh, yeah. Like, this poor girl was probably complaining about something, like, genuine and he was like, oh, you sound like you're on your period or something. (laughs) And his girlfriend's probably like, listen, those kind of jokes are insensitive and not funny and I don't appreciate them. (laughs) And he's like, oh, my girlfriend's going (laughs) off on me. And Taylor's like, no, I think you're hilarious.
1: Taylor's like, ha 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 ha. Have you noticed though? Have you noticed that this is a common, this is a common technique when yes. Taylor's interested in a boy who has other women in, in his life. She always sees, she she'll sees, never
0: see the light. Yes, Let's just get you.
1: I always see the light in you. I, I get you. They don't. They never will. Right? That's her. It's her go-to move. That's
2: by far my favorite part of the song because that's where she like realizes like okay I got him I can just like smirk my way through the rest of this like what's she doing with a girl like that that's such yeah. a good move that she does like turning the melody up there like she yeah. does
1: you say you're fine I know you better than yeah. that that's so good <laughs> so good dopamine mm-hmm. all over my body when she <laughs> does that and also she definitely does her like stripped down final chorus thing but it's so good here she's doing like almost a Almost a U2 thing, where it's just like a kick drum and a little blink, blink, blink guitar thing.
2: I love the way that this song moves dynamically because it starts off with just like a cheap drum machine and her on the banjo, yeah, which like feels very like weird Taylor, like, recast as a villain. Hell yeah. Like, that's my favorite thing about this version of Evil Taylor, like, the character she plays. Like, she's, like, this super fun take on the nerdy outcast persona from her debut album, except this version of that character is, like, really charismatic in a sinister kind of... Hell yeah. Like, she's this weird teenage girl who wears, like, boys t-shirts and big glasses and plays country music, and she's inexplicably best friends with this hunky dude who's (laughs) dating the captain of the high school cheer team. I think she probably would be, like, really into Invader Zim in anime, too. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I love that that's, like, the villain that Taylor chose to create for this song because so often when you see these kind of stories in these kind of, like, teenage movies, like, the villain is somebody like Regina George or, like, who's from, like, High School Musical, like, Sharpay or whatever. Yeah,
0: Yeah, she didn't do anything wrong. She was just dressing nice, minding her business.
2: Yeah, here the cheer captain has done absolutely nothing wrong, (laughs) which makes this weirdo band geek the villain, which is such a refreshing change. Love Yeah, it. Love and also,
0: it. also this video and and stuff kind of brought up this discussion about like slut shaming and stuff, which which Taylor um, Taylor did a not like a huge amount, but like like also in like Better Than Revenge and stuff on Speak Now, which we'll talk about you know in another episode. I mean, te-
1: te- teenage to young adult Taylor's politics are not ideal, yeah. but but here's no. the thing, <laughs> I this song owes me no apologies. To the extent that this song is, is socially problematic, it only serves to make it a more interesting pop song. In mm-hmm.
2: It adds depth to the villain character. Agreed. And uh, Dylan, I loved that you brought up Evil Taylor when you we were talking about Hey Steven, because like canonically, I see that as a song recorded by this version of Taylor. Like, Oh, that's That's true. what she does. She <laughs> records songs for boys.
1: Canonically, I see the boy that she dumps to move on to bigger dreams as this boy, too, where she right. steals him from his girlfriend, and then like a month later, she's like, you know what? I'm not <laughs> um,
0: I think it's funny that she's talking about, like, you know, she's cheer captain and, you know, she has straight hair and whatever. And then in the shake it off video, she's cheer captain and she has straight hair.
1: Oh, maybe that's gross. Maybe that's well, let's running. talk about
2: that for a minute, too, because the only thing I don't like about the video mm-hmm. is that she shows up to the dance in this, like, pure virginal, white, beautiful dress with, like, yeah. her hair. Like, she should show up wearing that big-ass t-shirt
1: with the glasses.
2: That
0: is true! Yeah, she should have
1: showed up full dork. I completely agree. It'd be a better video. That
0: would have been nice. Yeah,
1: if she shouldn't have sold out. But, but I could see why a stylist <laughs> couldn't resist to put her in a big ball gown. I mean, I, I get it.
2: In my version of the video, like I said, she's this evil Disney villain who's like, hey, I heard your, your girlfriend is like Maddie So I wrote you this song And it starts with her like playing this like little Diddy on her banjo with a drum machine But by the end all of her like Band camp minions <laughs> are like backing her up And she's just like She's just doing this big like She's really vying for this guy's Attention oh, with like her big great. Marching band behind her And that's that's my <laughs> evil Taylor you know
1: I'm
0: feeling it. <laughs> great
2: do I even need to say
1: it? This is a Godzilla chorus. There's no doubt about
0: it. <laughs> of course, yes.
2: All right, you guys want to get on to the next song and talk about Breathe?
4: I see your face in my mind as I drive away Cause none of us thought it was gonna people are people and sometimes we change our minds but it's killing me to see you go after all this
0: time featuring kobe kalay this song is about a platonic breakup not a romantic one this song is about losing a friend which which is cool
2: i see this song as being from the perspective of the cheer captain from the last song <laughs> oh. who doesn't really know what happened i feel oh, that.
0: that's interesting <laughs> i uh
1: i um, i feel very vulnerable somehow for some reason about this uh but this is my favorite song on fearless is really? that gonna make people angry what's going on Are people upset
0: no everyone loves this song
1: oh
2: good
0: that's awesome i think it's good
2: i'm surprised it's your
1: favorite well can i can i May I? <laughs> yeah. Of course, go off. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is Mr. Narrator. This is Godzilla to me. Like this chorus, my love of this chorus, and really this song, kind of hinges on this mm-hmm. one little move that she makes during the chorus. It's like the, it's the subtlest choice I've heard Taylor mm-hmm. make so far, and I find it really stunning. Which is that the the it's a pretty simple chorus. It's it's this line that she repeats twice, but that she does it different. So the first one without you but I have to and then the second one without you but I have to and it goes down instead of up there
3: yeah it's
1: like the first one is like the realization hitting her but I have to like oh fuck I have to Mm -hmm. and the second one is her like sighingly resigning herself to the reality of it like but I have to there's something about that that's just so I love that it's it's this little difference but it's like the it's the difference between, like... It's the difference between, like, caramel and salted caramel. Like, it's this... It's this It's got this depth that I... In the right surroundings, it, it will make me well up and has several times the in the last couple of weeks. Like, I'm addicted to this song, and I, I cannot get enough of it. It's like... I think it's the most sophisticated piece of writing she's done so far, just as a, as a melanist. I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible.
0: I also think it's cool how it's, like, how it's i can't breathe without you but i have to breathe i don't know it's like kind of it's kind of like a it can just kind of keep going yeah
1: really good right it's got a cyclical yeah. yeah and then the strings kick in after that first one and the build on them is so perfect they're not they're not tempted to just immediately go full string quartet hammering you they like they show up at first and they're they're almost so kind of subtle in the mix that you're not even sure they're there and then by that, by that 2 a.m. section, they're really pumping, you know? I love it. I love it.
0: I love it, too. To
1: me, this is almost the end of Side A, Fearless. And there's going to be other stuff on the rest of this record that I really love. In fact, we still haven't gotten to my number three on the record. But when Breathe ends on Fearless, I'm, kinda, I, I'm starting to go like, okay, so here's where Fearless ceases to be one of the best pop albums of all time and merely of the best 20 years. I feel that, but but boy, I I I don't know if I'm way out on a limb here, but boy, "Breathe" I think is an exquisite, exquisite song. I, I boy, I love it.
0: I'm glad it's getting some love,
1: man. Yeah, I'm glad it has a champion. Yeah, for sure. I
0: Taylor's never performed this live, by the way, like at any show. That's that's a, that's never.
1: upsetting to me. <laughs>
0: yeah, this was nominated for best pop uh, collaboration with vocals at the Grammys, but it lost to Lucky a song with also Kobe Calais on it so Kobe Calais got her Grammy
1: <laughs> way to go Kobe yeah I remember when she had that song floating around that was called like bubbly yeah. and not not being super into it but whatever whatever she did here I'm, I'm all for <laughs> it I think, it's, I think it's pretty great
0: yeah
2: you guys want to talk about Tell Me Why
0: yeah
4: I took a chance I took a shot and you might think This song
0: was written by Taylor, ranting to her frequent co-writer, Liz Rose, with Rose writing down everything she said, and then it was tweaked to rhyme and thus became Tell Me What.
1: This feels like the first major, like, not stumble, but like the, the first appearance of a crack in the kind of sterling quality of this record, in my opinion.
2: I actually think this one's pretty cool. It's got some harrowing stuff going on.
0: I like it. I feel like the the is a, is a little much after a while. But I, I do still enjoy it
2: a lot. Yeah, that's super country fiddle yeah. going on. I think that's kind of cool. But yeah, I can see why it would be too much for some people. But no, I really there's a lot of conflict in the song, and I really feel some blows being exchanged. It's, this one gets heavy.
1: Mm-hmm. I do like her her delivery of uh, I'm sick and tired of yo attitude. Yeah. that's good. I
2: always think she's gonna rhyme it with I'm feeling like I don't know you, dude, and I'm like disappointed that that's not <laughs> quite the lyric. <laughs>
0: Man, I missed opportunity.
1: Yeah i i like the I like the verse melodies here. I think a little bit more than I like the chorus here. I want to give it a gremlin. I almost want to upgrade it to a, a sully, but but the but I do like the verse melodies quite a bit, especially in verse two. The little embellishment on that line, uh, confused and frustrated, I think is is, is very nice. Yeah. But w- there's a moment we need to talk about in this song, in my opinion. Uh huh. And it's I'm I, I'm loath mm. to do this on a on a on a. Podcast that's about the celebration of Taylor Swift, <coughs> but you know how she likes to strip down those last choruses and take the instruments away. Yes, yeah. um, she does it here, and it's the worst vocal moment on a Taylor Swift song that I've heard so far. <laughs> like, without the instruments there to carry her voice, she runs out of breath halfway through the line and almost croaks, and like definitely loses. Here, I, I have a clip. I'm gonna play
4: it. <laughs> okay. <back> <laughs> I'm feeling like I don't know you You tell me that you will want me Oof. Cut me you guys,
1: e- that's
2: rough. I, I, I like that. I like, I like that. That sounds really weathered and good.
0: Isn't it just head voice, I
1: think? What? 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 now. <laughs>
2: No, no. Wow.
0: Okay. I
2: think it sounds good. I think it sounds in character and appropriate for the song. (laughs) Sounds like she's really giving it her all into that performance.
1: For a big budget pop record, I feel like that's uh, that's inexcusable.
2: I I like it that it's like a kind of imperfection. When you think about big pop stars like Taylor Swift, you think of like really polished, like sheen stuff. I like that there's that kind of like little less than perfect moment in there. I think that's very human and like it belongs in a song like this.
6: I agree.
1: No, it makes me. It
0: makes.
1: I make a face every time. It doesn't. It does nothing <laughs> positive for me. Huh. I think on the first record, this song would be a highlight. But here, it just suffers from comparison to like the other kind of up tempo songs on this record. You know, I like understand that.
2: I have songs that I would describe in that exact way, but I don't think this is one of them. I like this one. I think it's a solid yeah. side B cut. I don't know, like not a single by any means, but I think it's a strong track, strong album track.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm glad we have it.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if I. Ki- I wouldn't kick it off probably. But it but it's but it's you know,
2: yeah. I don't know.
0: Not high up there.
2: No. Speaking of tracks that feel like like good, serviceable self titled cuts, but maybe not super great here, you're not sorry.
4: This time I was wasting hoping you would come around I've been giving out chances every time and all you do is let me down
1: Speaking of my and number 3 song on the record, really? Never. This yeah. is my
0: number 2 on the whole album. This song? <laughs> what? Oh my
1: <laughs> I love this chorus, dude. I, know, I love this right? chorus. It's pretty it's pretty yeah. huge. I had this pegged in like fearless baroque territory, but I think it's slowly climbed into like uh, you know not quite Godzilla but like 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla territory <laughs>
2: this, this feels like a holdover from Taylor Swift for me
1: oh no way. come on I think, I think that this is this great. is the last Straw. draw that moment when the guitar is cut out and I'm like I can't believe we're nine tracks into this record and it's still it's still punching this hard I think this is a, a banger like I love the I love the cadence don't don't believe you baby like I like that. That's very good. Yeah,
0: I mean That too. part's
2: good. The chorus is good. I mean I don't think it's a bad song. I just think it sounds good it fit in better
1: on her first album than on this
2: one. I,
0: I understand that. Well no it couldn't
1: because she's too she she's too she's too ahead of the curve first Taylor
2: Swift record. Oh, true. Like, in the first Taylor Swift... No, because she made similar moves in that one, like, you're so
1: cold, like, I feel
2: <laughs> like there's some, like...
0: Cold as you. Cold as you, yeah. No,
1: I disagree. I think she's getting... I think she gets dunked on on that first record. She gets blindsided by these boys. <laughs> you're not sorry. I think it's pure, it's pure fearless, Taylor, in my opinion. I like Can we it. Talk? Okay, that solo after the second chorus is, is genuinely great. That solo is not cheeseball at all. I think it's epic but tasteful. It serves the song perfectly.
2: She does tear it up on that solo, yeah. And
1: I think there's a lot to love about these arrangements. I think the bass tone that, that comes in there, that boo-doo-doo-doo, it's very like... Almost flea like Californication red hot chili peppers bass tone. Very cool. Tell her
2: slap into bass. <laughs> she also <laughs> plays the
1: bass in your head cannon. Sure.
2: I think she plays I think she plays all of the instruments in studio, but then she has a live band.
1: I will pick a knit. I will pick a knit. There's one thing about the song that I don't love. And that is so Adele's nineteen or what's that first Adele record called? I
0: think it was nineteen.
1: That was that was that came out of, uh, about half a year before this record, and there's that first uh, verse is like has a very sparse arrangement and she like really goes for like a big Adele belt when she's like Tab around like really really hits the gas and I don't think it works I wish she'd done more of like a Selena Gomez breathy thing there I don't, I don't like I the feel that. belting there
0: I feel like some of the belts on this album like uh, we'll get to them later are, are kind of like eh but you know um, but yeah, so there's a remix of this song that exists that was made for CSI um, <laughs> crime scene investigation. Why <laughs> the episode that, that, that was That was the episode that Taylor was on where she played the emo oh, chick. Oh Got stabbed with scissors in a parking garage.
2: Emo Taylor Swift, my dream girl. <laughs> <laughs> it, was,
0: <laughs> it was basically um, just really echoey and moody. Uh, with um with, like moody background music with like added synths and beats and it's it's not great. I'll, it's not great at all. Um, You're not it's sorry really
1: the, the for stabbing me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, the other the beginning of it is 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 like it's like 45 seconds of just all this time ta and it like echoes and it just kind of keeps doing that oh I, I can't I will not
1: stand for the record to show that that any of us think this belongs on the first record it
2: does not belong is, on the I, first I, record I,
0: it's my number two it's my number two fave you know but yeah it was also a promo single for Fearless great. by the way. it was promo
2: sorry single. for having such a hot take guys <laughs>
1: <Ugh>. go
0: <laughs> wow, roast a Trevor. marshmallow
2: on
1: that take Trevor <laughs> no there's no okay. such thing as a wrong opinion everybody's allowed yeah, yeah. to Feel how they
0: feel you're valid Trevor
1: I appreciate it okay, not so, into this next one though
0: the way I loved you
2: I think this one's kind of annoying.
0: Yeah, it was a super last-minute addition to the standard version of Fearless. Uh, They had the album, like, complete, and then Taylor was like, Wait, I have another one. And they were like, Ah, okay. (laughs) She was like, Hold on.
1: I like the perspective. I like it as a piece Mm -hmm. of writing. Like, I identify with that terrible and self-abusing instinct of, like, what being bored with the safe relationship and wishing you were back in the terrible one because it was like more exciting? Totally, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Taylor's chaotic at heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's definitely chaotic at heart. She is, but she doesn't. She doesn't sound great on the song. I don't think she sounds a little wobbly here, especially the. What's that line? I I couldn't ask for anything better. She's like ah, ah, ah. she's a little wobbly, <laughs> I think. But the second verse, she's good. The, the charming and indeed. Hearing. That's, that's Yeah, I
0: like when she does I like that. I that. I think it sounds really theatrical.
2: I do like that we're getting, like, the fact that Taylor thrives on conflict introduced into her story. You know, this is... Good from like a character development kind of perspective,
1: I think.
6: I feel that. Yeah, I,
1: I can go with that. I think. I think. I definitely like it as a piece of writing. It's just I don't know. Yeah. It, this feels like the first genuine like gremlin chorus on the record for me. I think this chorus is pretty unmemorable.
2: The chorus is the part I like about it. Actually, I don't like the verses, which kind of get on my nerves. I liked them the first couple times I heard them, but then they just grated on me.
1: That's valid. I wouldn't cut yeah. this
2: from the album, though.
1: I don't know. If she should have. I don't know. If she should have stopped the presses to get this one <laughs> under the under the wire. I'm not sure. Hmm. Oh, what about our caller who wanted, who asked us a very pointed question about this next song?
2: Oh, yeah, we're finally up to uh, Forever and Always.
4: Forever and Always. Once upon a time, I believe it was a Tuesday when I caught your eye. We caught on to something I hold on to the night. You looked me in the eye and told me you loved me. You just kidding Cause it seems It's probably
0: one of my One of my least faves On the record I still love it But it's like you know It's it's forever and always It's chill
1: This is probably my favorite On the second half Oh
0: wow Okay
1: (laughs) This feels like the song Where she's the least Ahead of the curve I feel that like, this feels like the song where the boyfriend gets the drop on. Mm.
0: Well,
2: because this is about... Joe Jonas. ...dumping her in a 45-second phone call, oh, right? a 45-second <laughs> phone, so, phone yeah, call, So, yeah, I would say Taylor got a little dunked on here. I think it was, yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was the
0: first Taylor song to be written about a famous dude instead of, like, an anonymous high school heartthrob.
2: And that brings us to a cast of characters that I'm really excited to introduce to the show. Uh-huh. Taylor's League of <laughs> Evil Exes. Uh-oh. Okay. Like... You, you you guys are familiar with like the movie slash comic series Scott Pilgrim? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is about a young man needing to uh, win uh, his romantic interest by doing battle with her seven evil exes. My daughter's name is Ramona. It, it is so clearly yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. and I think nobody in the world is a better candidate for having a IRL League of Evil Exes than Taylor Swift, who has actually assembled a pretty stacked roster since becoming a celebrity
0: honestly she doesn't have like that many exes compared to like a lot of other people in the, in the industry people just kind of point her out because she's you know people think she's fun to hate on but i don't think she has like that many like it's, it's only like eight
1: well but i but but there but there's definitely there there are dramatic stories yeah and i'm
2: excited mm-hmm. to get to them as we get to them and I've really been looking forward to doing this little segment that I want to kind of half-heartedly call "How You Get the Girl." <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, 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 Dylan. Yeah. You want you want to date Taylor Swift in this scenario? Okay. <laughs> do I? Okay. But all right. In order to do so, you need to get through her evil ex boyfriends.
1: Okay. The first of right. which
2: is Joe Jonas. <laughs> Gwen, do you want to give us a little backstory about Joe Jonas? Like, what do you know about this guy?
0: Okay, so, I mean, he has a mustache now. He was in uh, the Jonas Brothers. He, um, apparently he's like a nice enough dude. I, I mean, you know
2: i just he's found in, out like, that DNC, he's actually in you know? yeah the dnce band that does that in- yeah. abominable cake by the ocean song oh yeah i hate that track i did <laughs> not know that was a jonas brother interesting On taylor's
0: youtube channel she used to make vlogs all the time and this was about the time that she would do them like super regularly um and she she had this this video of her with the because you know the, the jonas brothers were like super popular and whatever so they had their own like barbie dolls kind of so there was this so taylor had this joe jonas barbie doll and she was doing like this like fake commercial or whatever and she was like he even comes with a phone so he can break up with other dolls and it's like (laughs) great (laughs) yeah and um she also called him out during her monologue song she wrote for snl in like 2009 or something and she said and i'm not gonna mention joe that guy who broke up with me on the phone in my monologue very
1: good (laughs) very good
0: so she was pretty pissed about
2: this so dylan first first next you got to get through is joe jonas i think every
1: fight joe jonas
2: (laughs) yes and like in scott pilgrim every fight is going to have a little bit of a gimmick to it so i think not only do you have to fight joe jonas he also has his two brothers backing him up (laughs) all
1: right well um
2: who are the other jonas brothers there's nick he's the one with diabetes (laughs) and who's
1: the other one
0: um kevin
1: kevin yeah
0: The one no one cares about? Right. Yeah,
1: okay, so I I, I have a technique. I can do this. Okay. First of all, I make a mean, homemade, frosted donut. I make everything from scratch. Okay. They smell incredible. (laughs) There's no way that the diabetic one will resist. I'll make a batch. I'll set them up he'll eat himself into a cone. Oh my god! I
3: was going
2: to say challenge him to an eating contest.
1: Oh man. Now here's here's the deal with Joe Jonas. <laughs> I happen to know something about Joe Jonas because of an interview that he did with Kurt Loder of MTV News back when the Jonas Brothers was popping. <laughs> I happen to know that Joe Jonas is extremely nearsighted <laughs> and should be wearing corrective glasses. He can't wear contacts because of an astigmatism. Uh, like contacts will irritate his eyes if he wears them but he doesn't wear his glasses because he's vain and he thinks they make him look bad in pictures so right the obvious technique here is keep my distance throw shit at this dude like ranged attacks yes exactly i think i think i can wear him down slowly over time as long as i'm far enough that he can't quite tell where i am what about kevin though he's kind of the wild card in this scenario No, because as soon as the other two are down, he'll be like a flying monkey and he'll be like, oh, I'm free! I'm free! <laughs> I like it. All right, you've
2: successfully defeated Joe Jonas. Gwen, who's he going to have to come up against next? Just to, like,
1: so he can train. Yeah, who's the next famous boyfriend? The
0: next famous boyfriend? I, uh, probably Taylor Lautner, I think.
1: Oh,
2: shit.
0: He turns into a werewolf.
1: Okay, Taylor Lautner. That dude has crazy upper body strength. He's, like, all shoulders. Yeah,
2: and like Gwen said, he's a werewolf, so you better hit the silver store.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can I just
1: date Abigail? <laughs> she seems, like, you need a little bit more down to earth, you know? <laughs> Oh boy! Okay,
0: all
2: right. I like the album version of this better than the piano. I one. agree. I really like the rock arrangements. I think this is another great example of Taylor fronting a rock band.
0: I, I agree. I think I think "Forever and Always" does kind of slap as a as a, as the album track, and not as the piano. The
2: the piano takes all of the anger out of it.
1: I feel like
0: it does. It does. It it makes it more kind of melodramatic in a way. Mm-hmm. It Makes it kind of like were you just kidding? You know.
1: I like the piano one more, you guys. I think the piano one. I think Taylor's performance is better on it. I think she's able to really explore the nuances of this melody more and like showcase that it's a pretty clever, well-crafted melody in that piano version. And mm-hmm. and I think back in the in the backup baby backup interlude, she really milked some heartache out of that. In, uh, yeah, on the in...
0: piano version, definitely. Uh, it
2: just feels like it goes on too long for me on the piano, but it's okay.
1: <laughs> I think both versions though, the chorus harmonies are really terrific. They're 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 really good and energetic in the in the album one, and they're very tender and delicate in the piano one. So that's. That's that's a win for both of them, I think.
2: My favorite part is when she calls Joe Jonas a scared little boy.
1: <laughs> I don't know, caller, I'm with you. I guess I'm the only one. But I, but I like the I like the piano one a little bit more.
0: You're valid.
1: I almost could have seen the piano one as being an effective closer if we decided to like end on a more down note. I
0: feel that.
2: I actually think this would be a pretty good closer as is. In fact, I have another uh, resequenced version that we're going to get into in a bit, so we'll talk about that
1: when we talk about it. Okay, okay. Hey, do you remember earlier when one of the callers said that there are no skips on this album?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about Taylor Swift's mom.
2: Of the best day.
4: Wow.
0: No thank you. Wow. You no guys, thank you. Listen, the best day. This song she played this at my show. Okay, this as my surprise song because my show was the day before Mother's Day. So she just snapped and, and and killed me right there. This was this okay. So she played this while I was at barricade for B stage, knowing she was going to come, you know, within two feet of my face in in a, in a little bit. So so I was basically just having. A, a vast panic attack right there. So I, the whole performance of that was a blur. It was I, I was crying, <laughs> in, in typical me fashion. Don't worry. I'm
1: not. I'm. I don't think I'm deep enough into the Swifty army to be charmed by this song merely because it's about characters in the Taylor world. Oh man, that size of it. I don't. I don't give a shit about it being about Taylor's mom and her dad to a lesser extent. I. Uh, but I. I think that it's a, an effectively cleverly enough written melody, I just don't enjoy it. It's, like, too... It's, like, too breezy or something. Like...
0: I feel that. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't know. It feels like she... It feels almost like she, like, cranked out all these bangers on this record and wanted to give herself, like, a victory lap and, like, (laughs) do something kind of personal and and stripped down. But, like, she just picked kind of, like, a weird and somehow off-putting... Way to do it for me. I don't like. What about? What about? What about the? Don't you find it a little too on the nose when she sings? I have an excellent father. (laughs) That's like
0: what? Well, she wrote this for her mom for Mother's Day or something. (laughs) Yeah. I think I think this song is so great I although I barely listen to it because it makes me cry you know um and, and, and Taylor's only performed this live like a couple times because it makes her and her mom too emotional. They both end up crying and I'm like, you know bitch me too but yeah this is a this is this is this is a song this is a song that goes hand in hand I think with never Grow up from Speak now
1: yeah, I, I don't begrudge it for being personal and genuine it's just like. This album's too good for this, I think. I think that this belongs on the first one where she could get away with this kind of like more treacly, you know, uh. Mary's
0: uh, song esque?
1: Sentiment.
2: Yeah, this song, I was just about to say, this one would sit very well next to Mary's song. Mm-hmm. I gotta say two two things. One, I don't like songs where every verse takes place at a different age of the singer's life.
1: Oh, like that Five for Fighting song? Yeah.
2: Like,
0: once I was seven years
1: old. I hate that song. I'm 99 <laughs> for a moment. That one sucks. Too. Yeah, that one. Um, and I think
2: it's, I don't know, this is a cute and sweet one, but like Dylan said, I think it would be better on the first record. Although I do like we're still getting these songs about how Taylor is this loser at school who gets picked on by her friends and who's Best friend is actually her parents. <laughs> it is
1: true. That's like consistent. I don't know,
2: but
0: like that. I feel like y'all are being so hard on this. I I love this song so much.
1: To the to the extent that it works, it works as like it, it works as a personal statement, and it works as like Swifty bait. Oh but I don't Jesus think it works a as like a, a real pop song. I'd cut this one.
0: This is like this is my number three favorite. I gotta say, like, or tied up my number three favorite. I
1: gotta say,
2: I'll be honest. I think I have objectively the best opinions about this record. <laughs>
3: Okay.
2: I think I've okay. really got this one right.
1: Uh-huh.
2: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys want to talk about the last track change?
1: Sure.
4: Somebody else gets what you wanted again. Change. This
0: this song is like this is meh for me.
2: Yeah, I also
1: think this is kinda disposable. But it was a big hit. It was a big hit.
0: This was originally titled Champions Tonight.
1: It was for the it was for the Beijing Olympics. Uh, right? I
0: think it was featured in it, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a re- it was released as like a Team America promotional song for the beijing olympics before this album came out and it got to number 10 on the on the hot 100
0: yeah
2: i want to like this song because i appreciate taylor wanting to go out with like a big and themic like called arms like this but it just feels kind of limp and uninspired something i really don't like is that hallelujah chorus which is like me too i don't know it felt really first draft it felt like there was something supposed to actually be there but she couldn't settle on something or I don't know
1: I think they could I think you could have saved this one with different arrangements and and if you if the approach was slightly different I think part of the problem here is that there's there's Taylor stays completely her voice is single track there's no harmony the whole song it's very like very straightforward in the way that it's that it's put together, it sounds a little Christian rock radio to me.
2: Oh, definitely.
3: I I feel that.
1: (laughs) I I, I, I agree. I appreciate the idea of, like, leaving on this hopeful, inspirational note, but there's just nothing exciting. I guess I kind of like when she goes uh revolution like that's kind of a fun delivery i guess
0: but
2: i like the i think the guitar solo at the end Yes. i think taylor really shreds on this one yeah
0: she wrote the she wrote the beginning of the song while her recording label she was signed to was like you know big machine was like super tiny and unpromising um and then after winning the horizon award at the cmas and looking out into the audience and seeing her manager scott borchetta um, like happy crying. He follows me on Twitter, by the way. Just, just saying. Whoa. Um, he was these.
1: Like- <laughs> these Scott Portetta does. He,
0: he follows like every Swifty, but you know, I'm still like, hey He doesn't follow
1: our fucking podcast. He will.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So, um, she felt like that was the moment she needed to finish the song. So the next day she did. So, so that's change, and it's it's you know it's fine. I feel like it's. I mean, for me personally, it's sort of like a ending on like a eh note. But I mean, I'm I'm happy it's there. And there's this one performance of it where she just nails the ending note, like just 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 kills it, and she just makes it go on for so long. It's so cool. But in the album track at the end, her voice kind of wavers at the end, so it's like Ew. it's like at the end, it's it sounds like she kind of ran out of air. So it's like, eh. you know, this song, it's like, eh. but I still love it.
1: Nine tracks, nine tracks into Fearless, I feel like we're in we're in like you know all-time classic territory and yeah. this this little back the little the 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 end run of it i think it 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 frustrates me because of how close how close we are to perfection. <laughs> it frustrates me that, the, that I feel like it stumbles a little bit. I
2: here feel
0: you. I feel you. Yeah,
2: there are definitely some more disposable tracks on the second half. Do you guys want to maybe talk about some of the bonus tracks we enjoyed? Maybe we can find a better note tend on? Yeah. Yeah, let's do um, that. Let's do that.
0: Platinum edition.
2: So what we did last time we decided because there are so many bonus tracks on this thing. Like seven or something? There's like six. Yeah, and she tacked them on the beginning of the album instead of the end, which is weird. That's weird, right?
0: I, yeah, I feel like she should have put the put those tracks at the end. Yeah, That would make so much more sense. Well,
2: yeah. But what we decided to do, because there were so many, is we were each going to pick our favorite and kind of bring that one in and talk about it. So, yeah. Gwen, do you want to go first?
0: Yeah, so, so my favorite is Coming With The Rain.
4: You go back to every left But I don't wanna go there anymore and like No all the steps up to your door But I don't wanna go there anymore this
0: song slaps so hard it's always been my favorite Platinum Edition song Uh so this song, Taylor is like tired of trying to get this guy, she she likes to like see her, so she's just gonna wait it out until he realizes himself that he likes her, like just come in with the rain, maybe. I mean the rain
1: motif is back with the vengeance. It, there it is, here. yeah.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> the rain motif <laughs> is alive and well in this one. Yeah,
0: so this song was, uh, um, like Sparks Fly on, on Speak Now, uh, this song was originally an unreleased B-side that she had performed a couple times, and her fans loved it so much, and they were like Begging her to release it, she was like, "Okay." So she put it, found it a home, put it on, put it on fearless platinum edition. There it is, and I'm glad she did because the song slaps.
1: It took it took me a while. <laughs> I will say that 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 I a, a lot of these songs actually took a minute. I started off a little bit tepid on. Um, this one did get there for me though. I do think it belongs here. I don't think it belongs on the record, uh, mm-hmm. but but I do I I do. F- kind of feel like it's conceptually of a piece with, with uh, the rest of the material. It, it, it did unfold itself to me as I spent more time with it. I think, I think the hook is pretty strong. I, I do think it's a pretty strong piece of writing. Mm-hmm.
2: I like to think of this as a song about Taylor losing one of her cats.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> Why?
3: She'll leave the window open.
2: I'll leave my window open because I'm too tired at night <laughs> to call your name. Uh-huh. Just know I'm right here hoping that you'll come in with the rain.
0: That was good, Trevor. That was good, Trevor. You're bringing it hard
1: <laughs> with the head this week. I'm liking it. I like this album. Yeah, me too. A lot. Um, who's next? Do I go next? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I chose Untouchable. Yeah, the
2: song that isn't Jump Then Fall because
1: you're a fucking crazy person. <laughs> I don't like Jump Then Fall. That I one don't never like got that there one for either. me. I, I, I don't, think it's
0: it's very low. I know tier. that
1: it, it had some success.
0: Yeah, it did. Um
1: I think it's one of the
2: finest pop moments on the record, I gotta oh, say. I know we're not wow. supposed to talk about it, but I think it's a really good one. But Dylan, what song are we talking about?
4: I'm reaching out and I just can't tell you why.
1: Yeah, untouchable. So this is I listened to the original too. It's a it's a it's like a very it's a radically retooled uh cover by this band called Luna Halo. They were like a late 90s pop rock band. Mm-hmm. The reason I picked this one though, I I think that like I don't know, lyrically I think it's fine. But I think she really does some magic on this chorus. Like the chorus on the original doesn't feel very distinct from the rest of the song to me. Like it all kind of just feels like a that kind of deep blue something, uh, you know, uh, up tempo energetic pop rock, but she really makes something of this chorus, I think. I think she really... This
2: was one of the ones that took a while for me. I think, like, the first couple times I listened to it, it really wasn't doing anything. But then, by the end, yeah, this one really does get there. It's a beautiful track, and the arrangements are great. Yeah,
0: she changed it a whole lot. I love this song so much. So pretty.
1: The reason I wouldn't put it on the record is it does, I think, lyrically, it's not as interesting as most of Fearless is, is, which makes sense. They're not really... They're not really her lyrics, uh, but I don't know. I think it's it's there's something impressive about her taking this kind of unremarkable pop rock song and like working her Taylor Swift magic and turning it into like a pretty a pretty powerful potent piece of, of pop ballading. I think it's pretty great. It's pretty great.
0: She really snapped, uh,
1: Trevor. I don't think it's a big surprise your pick.
2: Really interesting. <laughs> I chose the other side of the door.
4: This song's good.
1: This feels like it's it's fertile territory for like some Trevor narrative read ins and stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you
1: gotta say. Yeah. I don't I don't think what really
2: attracted me about this song really was the narrative edge to it. Like, but I do I do like that it's another track that's like just shows that at the heart of it, Taylor's like a messy bitch who lives for drama.
3: Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like
2: that's always a fan of that. Yep. But really it's just like dynamically, I really like all the places this one goes to. And I think this would have been like the perfect closer for the record. I
0: do feel that. Because
2: it's about like, you know, yeah, they're gonna fight a lot, but at the end of the day they're always gonna want to come back to each other and that feels like a good concluding moment to put at the end of the record right
0: I, I just the, the the end of it like the last like 30 seconds of that part where it's like yeah
2: that outro yeah one of my favorite things that like you can do on a song is to introduce a completely new like element at the very last second it really feels like you're throwing in everything including the kitchen sink and here that's what it feels like Taylor's doing she's going into this like coda at the end where everything really feels like it's crashing down around yeah and then it just like kind of ends on her voice going like, I must confess, I need you. And I think that would have been a really cool way to just, like, send things off.
1: There's a choice I really like in this, uh, in the writing of this, in the lyric of this song, which is that a more straightforward read on this, she would have said something like, uh, you know, when I tell you to leave, all I really want is you, but instead she's actually, like, explicitly doing dialogue, like she's a narrator, you know? I said leave, I... Ice Cream, I'm in Love With You. What's the other one? There's another one, too. It's like... Uh, yeah,
2: I say there's nothing you can
1: say to make this right. There's That's cool. That's really cool. I think that's cool that she's that she's like... It's a little bit literary, in a way, uh, as a choice. I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: I can't believe this got left off the album in favor of something like Best Day. Yeah, I think that this would have been a best great... Best Day
0: deserves its spot, okay? Uh, best no. Day. Yeah. Yes.
1: Best day, best day is suited for a Taylor Now acoustic event, but... <laughs> Keep it off my fearless. It doesn't belong, oh, man. There.
2: We could we could argue about it all day, but I think something we could all agree on is that we love Taylor Swift's second album, Fearless. I oh
0: yeah, agree. I agree. This this album slaps all the way through. So there's a couple hiccups, but they're not they're not like vast, you know. Like like that one voicemail said, it's very consistent in quality. I think.
1: As I mentioned on the first record, there are three Taylor Swift albums down the road that I've heard. Some of them more than others. Uh, I purposefully, once we started talking about this, stopped listening to any other Taylor Swift because I kind of want to like go through it as it happens, you know, <laughs> and like let the development, you know. Uh huh. I feel that. I think I like this one more than at least two of those three that I really love and have heard before.
0: Oh wow! All right, I'm down for that.
1: This is up there right now, right now. Definitely,
2: I had a similar experience and a similar gravitation towards it do you guys want to hear my uh bridged version because i think it's going to fix some of the problems that we have with the album
1: i would yeah okay yeah okay let's see if you can if you can put it together because i feel like it i tried to do this too and i felt wanting for like i wish that she'd written one more banger (laughs) to like really flesh out the second half but but i want to hear what you got here
2: okay so i stuck with the same format as i did last time uh 10 tracks with two bonus tracks at the end Mm -hmm. yep so side a five songs played it totally straight. Fearless, 15, Love Story, Hey Steven, White Horse. Okay. There's no cuts. You can't make any <laughs> cuts. You can't. You can't. Mm-hmm. Side two... Opens with You Belong With Me, Mm -hmm. goes into Breathe. And then we got this kind of closing trio of Tell Me Why, The Way I Loved You, and Forever and Always.
1: Okay. I would swap out You're Not Sorry for The Way I Loved You, but
2: (laughs) then we get two bonus tracks. You know, I think it was used to promote the Platinum Edition for a reason. We'd open with Jump, Then Fall. Okay. And then we'd kind of close this little encore set with. The proper send off of the record, <laughs> the other side of the
1: door. There is, I will say, I, not every choice is the choice I would make, but I think that it, that it does make a lot of sense, like flow wise. I think that the, that that makes a lot of sense. I agree. Good work. Good work. It's a good resequence.
2: And um, something else I wanted to do uh, because I'm so interested in like the alternate universe where Taylor is accepted by Pitchfork. <laughs> I, I've been thinking of myself as. Pitchfork writer in that alternate universe Who would be like assigned to like Hey, here's Taylor Swift, you're gonna be covering Her stuff, Mm -hmm. and I wanted to give My Pitchfork scores of my Reworked versions of Taylor Swift albums (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure, yeah Go for it I I think the version of uh, Taylor Swift her debut album That I put together last time would have gotten like A a 6.7 and like A favorable review that said something like Hey, this show's promise and it's pretty good For a 16 year old girl country pop album Mm-hmm. This one though, I would be ready to step it right up to like an 8.4 best new music. Hey, this this is really cool. Let's let's see where she goes from here. Keep it up.
1: I I feel that. I mean, your version of it is is dangerously close to I think like 8.8, 8.9 territory. There's, Interesting. There, if she writes one more banger for that second half, it's 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 a it's a it's a year end uh, candidate. I think
0: crisp. Nine.
1: Gwen, I need to know because you did it last time. I wanna know where this one is on your on your power ranking. Don't tell me what's around it. I just wanna know like what number. I,
0: I think my bottom two is debut fearless. But, oh my God! No, I know, I know, I know. Wow! But but that's just because all the it's it's basically it's it's hard because I, I I don't hate this album at all. I love it so much, and that's why it's so uh, that's why I'm like I'm like so, like mad at the fact that it's so low. It's just that all the albums that came after it, they just slap a little harder. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So. So it's, it's, it's low. <laughs>
1: this makes me very hopeful about this next and final true Taylor Country album.
2: Yeah, because I got to say, Speak Now, this is the one that I the least experience with.
0: Speak Now is my favorite Taylor Swift album. It's my second favorite album of all time behind Demon Days. Bye. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah,
2: Dylan did. Did it also stand out to you, like looking at this one in anticipation? How long some of these tracks are? Oh
0: yeah, but they don't feel that at all. Like, "Speak" like like, "Dear
2: John" is almost seven minutes long, but it
0: doesn't feel like that at all.
1: Look, all I know, all I know about about "Speak Now" Mm -hmm. is that one of my three favorite Taylor Swift songs is on it. So that's pretty woke. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see how the rest of the album pans out. I'm definitely at this point. I wish that there were like three more pre pop Taylor Swift albums because I love this one so much. <laughs> I wish that we had like a, a few more like this to to go through because I thought this was such a, such a joy.
2: It's definitely been an interesting journey so far and I'm looking forward to traveling farther down this road but Dylan do you want to wrap the episode up and tell everybody where they can kind of get in touch with us?
1: Hell yeah. Sure. Uh, follow the podcast at State of Swift Pod. Uh, you can follow me at Dylan Flynn.
2: You can follow me at uh, Trevor Ikrath, uh, any of the vowels. So it's T-R-V-R-K-R-T-H.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at All the Angels say Hell yeah.
1: And definitely leave <laughs> us reviews. Definitely send us emails. Oh, by the way, I mentioned, of course, that if you want to call in with your reviews of Speak Now slash any questions. Maybe you're really mad that we all beat up on change and you need to (laughs) pick a bone.
2: Maybe you want to tell us what plebs we are for being such big fans of Hey Steven. Oh,
1: sure. Uh, Give us a call at 513-468-1989. And if you're an international listener, I'm looking into it, but right now uh, your best option is to send us an email to uh, stateofswiftpod at gmail.com you can either record yourself audio-wise with your comment or question or review, and, and we'll we'll play that. Or you can write us an email, and maybe we'll maybe we'll read highlights of that, too. Uh, but, yeah, for now, American-Canadian people can call 513-468-1989. Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Leave us reviews, tell us what you think, get mad, get excited, whatever.
2: So until next time, I've been Trevor McGrath.
1: I've been Dylan Flynn. I've been Gwen.
2: Until next time. Stay Swifty.
1: <laughs> stay Swifty. Why do you gotta say until next time? Can't you just say Stay Swifty? <laughs> like forever. No, I mean, like, cause you say until next time I'm Trevor and then <laughs> you say until next I'll, time Stay I'll, Swifty. Just say fine, until next time I'm Trevor Hickrass,
2: then... Fine, fine. Let's do it all over again, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> but for now. Hey, welcome to I'm... Stay to
1: Swift. Today we're gonna be reviewing Fearless. <laughs> <laughs>
4: The door with your face and the beautiful eyes And the conversation with the little white lies And the faded picture of a beautiful night You carry me from your car up the stairs And I broke down crying, with you were this dress. After everything in that little black dress After everything, I must confess
0: And I'm seeing comments from Turkey.
5: I don't know if that is a nickname or if that is a country. But either way, we're so excited to have global Taylor Swift fans participating in our event.